Thank you for listening to or watching another episode of SNTR Presents. This is going to be me walking through all of the new details about the DCV, the Destiny Content Vault. If you're listening to this on iTunes or Spotify, maybe Google Play, which will soon be, I think, YouTube Music, you can always catch me live at saynotorage.com. That'll bring you to the channel. You can click subscribe and the bell button. That is free. Or join to become a paying member that supports me directly and comes with perks and benefits. If you'd prefer to use Patreon, you can go to sntrpresents.com and that'll take you right to the Patreon. So this is going to be a little bit different than my normal talks because there's just too much information for me to do a flyover 10-minute video. I'll try to keep it around 10 minutes. I'm pretty fast at reading and talking, but Bungie pushed out a TWAB that outlined in great detail what is going into the content vault and how certain things are going to be working. Now, some of this is not new information, but I think it was for some folks, maybe a little alarming to suddenly see everything listed out and there were other activities and things listed that previously we were not aware were retiring. So, the first thing they focused on was core activities. There are seven strikes going into the content vault and this is obvious, I think, to most that were paying attention. They're attached to Io, Titan, Mars, and Mercury. Pyramidian, Festering Core, Savathun Song, Strange Terrain, Will of the Thousands, Tree of Probabilities, and Garden World are all going into to the Destiny Content Vault. Then we got a little bit of information down here about how the returning D1 strikes will be functioning. In Beyond Light in November, Will of Crota will be available on the Cosmodrome, and there will be a uh, there will be a redacted strike on Europa. So there's two new strikes coming, along with the rest that are staying. You can see here two, four, six, eight. What is that? Ten. Ten strikes are staying, and two are being added. And then they add the little line at the bottom. Devil's Lair and Fallen Saber are coming out in year four, but they are not coming uh, in in Beyond Light. So I actually like seeing that. I like hearing that like Devil's Lair and Saber Strike are going to be used to bolster uh, seasons in year four instead of just shoving them all in Beyond Light, stretching them out a little bit. I'm actually fine with that. Now, some people might look at that and be like, that's terrible put them all in the expansion, but then those same people would complain that the seasons were too dry. So, I think it's probably the right decision to stagger those out a little bit. We get some details on Gambit that we hadn't had up until now. We knew Gambit was eventually going to trim down into one mode, and they are saying that the new version of Gambit is going to be similar to Gambit Prime. It's going to be a single round uh, with a face-off, and they tweaked it, alright? We don't know any details. They're going to tweak blockers, they're going to have a heavier moat drain, which is really interesting to me, and they're going to make some changes to the primeval fight. So to me, it's encouraging to see not only are they going to the one that is only one round, I prefer that as well as others. If I have to play Gambit, I think going one round is great. I think Sudden Death got really stupid with, you know, things like Shards of Galanor and, and, and other combinations. The Sudden Death rounds were kind of dumb in traditional Gambit, so I like they're going with single round. I'm not a huge fan of hearing there's heavier moat drain, but you know, we'll, we'll have to wait and see. Uh, they, you scroll down a little bit and they say that the Gambit Prime armor perks are being deprecated. They're going to be getting rid of those, but they want to explore ways to rebalance and reintroduce them in the future. So they're not completely doing away with the idea that there could be set bonuses and specific perks for this Gambit mode, but in November, there will no longer be Gambit armor perks. They're being deprecated, and more than likely, I don't know if they're going to maintain the Gambit Prime name. It sounds like it's just going to be called Gambit, That it's gonna, but it's going to be similar to Prime. They are taking two maps out, the Cathedral of Scars, which is the Dreaming City map, and then the Kell's Grave, which is the Tangled Shore map. So those are being taken out, and then the four maps are remaining, EDZ, Nessus, Titan, and Mars. 
some folks are kind of you know, wondering why is Titan and Mars sticking around I don't think they wanted to make any new maps for Gambit and so they just left those alone it's like well we can't yank those out they based it off of popularity and I think they know maybe the Dreaming City and the Tangled Shore maps are not that preferred and so uh, they're going with those four and I would think I would think that this is somewhat of an indication that you're not going to be getting a huge update to Gambit in year four since they're seemingly not really wanting to um, do any new maps. Uh, they're just rotating some out. Crucible, uh, a lot of changes here. A ton of maps are getting are getting vaulted. A lot of maps are staying, obviously, but two. Four, six, eight, ten. Was that 11? 11 maps getting vaulted. Meltdown, Solitude, Retribution, Citadel, Emperor's Respite, Equinox, um, Eternity, Firebase, Echo, Gambler's Ruin, Legion's Gulch, and Vostok are all getting vaulted. Uh, and this was just something that they felt like they needed to do. I think it's probably a smart idea to shrink the map, the map pool a little bit. Uh, and then they're also getting rid of some game modes. Uh, they're getting rid of uh, four, seven game modes here, uh, but but the two at the bottom that were pretty upsetting to see are making a return at some point in year four. So supremacy, countdown, lockdown, breakthrough, and doubles are just vaulted for year four. I don't think you're going to hear a lot of complaint about that. Supremacy, you know, might have some people that like it, but countdown, lockdown, breakthrough, and doubles those getting vaulted for year four. I don't think you're going to see a lot of pushback or complaint about that. Now, the two listed at the bottom there, Momentum Control and Scorched, uh, they will make a return in year four, but they're not going to be around during Beyond Light. Uh, that's a bit of a bummer. Those were the two modes that I typically enjoyed using if I needed to do anything in Crucible. Uh, I enjoyed those modes. So I'm glad to see that that's not a permanent vaulting for year four, uh, but a temporary one. And then they make sure to note that you know Trials of Osiris isn't going anywhere. Uh, raids and dungeons none of the dungeons are moving to the dcv now they do make a little line here about the prophecy dungeon uh it is going to be temporarily unavailable for a brief period to allow our team to make a necessary technical update uh the language technical update to me is one that you know i'm reading into some people think i'm reading into it a little bit too much but i do think that is another indication there has been some some level of an engine change for year four i don't mean a completely different engine at the very minimum it could be just a significant engine update which is one of the reasons that this prophecy dungeon needs a technical update all the other items that we're going to be experiencing inside of beyond light have already probably been you know prepared and, and set up and ported as it were to whatever this engine update is I could be wrong about that, but I do think seeing how much they're taking out really gives credence to the idea that they did an engine update and it's easier if you're not having to bring over the entire game to that new engine, especially with modes and activities and areas that are less popular. Here is the list of raids. We knew this was coming. Leviathan, Eater, Spire, Scourge, and Crown are all going away. The Redacted Raid is obviously coming in November, and then Last Wish and Garden are sticking around. Now, what this is going to do is obviously affect some of the exotics. So then they list all of the exotic quests that will be going away, but they will be having a new way to be earned. A lot of people read this exotic section and got really, really angry. We don't have enough details yet. So I think everybody needs to calm down just a little bit. I think there's enough in this TWAB to not fly off the handle and get really angry about what they're doing with exotics. So the Sturm, the Mita Multi-Tool, Rat King, Acreus, Sleeper, Polaris Lance, World Line, Ace of Spades, Last Word, Monarch, Yoten, Izanagi, Thorn, Lumina, Truth, Bad Juju. They will be 
no longer having their traditional quests. What they're going to be doing with them is putting them into a kiosk, an exotic archive that will be next to the vaults in the tower. And they use this language here, and one of the community managers has doubled down on this. They're going to have more information about how you earn these exotics. They're not going to be handing you uh, an anarchy. They're not going to be handing you a Taraba. They're going to need to be earned Uh, And later in here, they also talk about the fact that they're going to be retiring the Whisper of the Worm uh, uh, pursuit area as well as Outbreak. And they're not going to bring them back until they have something that is sort of worthy of re-earning it. Uh, Then they need to talk about Catalyst. Hey, what about Catalyst? If I previously acquired it through the content and it's now the DCV. So these catalysts are going to go into the DCV. They'll be unavailable to be earned starting in Season 12. Juju, Huckleberry, Izanagi, Acrius, Polaris Lance, Skyburner, Sleeper, Telesto, Outbreak, Whisper, Worldline. Now, Sleeper, Telesto, Outbreak, Whisper, and Worldline all have an asterisk, and they said, um, if you have any of those catalysts with an asterisk, make sure you finish completing the necessary objective to apply it, as the objective will no longer be available in Season of Arrivals. All of these catalysts will come out of the vault and be made available with new objectives if needed in a future season so these catalysts will be available again later but if you want to get them and get them completed do it before season of arrivals hits now what goes away when a destination is vaulted we know the answer to this the story missions the strikes the raids dungeons adventures uh, vendors secret missions destination specific patrols the collectibles the scannables we don't know what they're doing with the planetary materials Uh, So we'll have to wait and see what that means. Now, here is some information for those of you that may be having friends that be, you know, you're checking out the game brand new uh, in uh, in year four. Uh, With some of the year uh, one destinations entering the vault, it's true that the free-for-all players, Red War, Curse of Osiris, and Warmind campaigns will be no longer playable. We are building a new expanded Guardian origin story on the Cosmodrome that will launch alongside year four and be available for all Guardians to play. It is designed to introduce you to the world of the mechanics of Destiny and prepare you to play the action MMO game we all enjoy. The Forsaken and Shadowkeep story campaigns will still be available if you own them. So you'll need to own those if you want. Uh, and then here they, they mention Whisper and Zero Hour. They will make a return, but they're, 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 they don't know when they're going to reintroduce them. They said they are going to be reintroduced later, but they don't know how. It'll be a new way. So they're not throwing those into the kiosk. All right. This is the thing at the very end that surprised a lot of folks. I think this adds credence to my argument that, like, I believe the EDZ has been ported over to a new engine. And surprise, surprise, elements that were added in year two didn't make the cut because they probably started this process of moving things to the new engine a long time ago. Again, I think they were looking at an engine update or change for Destiny 3, and that is going to have an impact on what the game looks and feels like in Beyond Light in in year four. And I think here we have somewhat of an indication of that being true. The Forges and Reckoning and Menagerie are all going away. Now, we anticipated Menagerie going with the Leviathan, but Reckoning and the Forges came as a bit of a surprise and a shock for some people. So, Benedict and Werner are also going to go away. All of the quests associated with Drifter, uh, Season of the Drifter, I'm sorry, and Season of the Forge will also be going away. And here you can even see Gambit Prime. So, Gambit Prime is gone. Gambit will just retain its normal name of Gambit. Uh, The only other thing that's not really mentioned in here is if you go to the Destiny Player Support article... 
the traditional nightfall is also going away it is basically being replaced by the nightfall ordeal i'm hoping that makes some space for either a heroic strike playlist or some changes to strikes as well because they're getting rid of the traditional nightfall that's been there since the game launched so that is all of the new information about the dcv i know some people are irritated upset worried concerned I actually think this looks great. I think this is a band-aid ripoff of of housekeeping before they really start marketing Beyond Light in year four. I think they're making significant amount of space for year four. Um, And so we can obviously talk about that in Q&A and VIP call-in. So we're going to transition to that now. If you're here live, remember to click subscribe and the bell button if you want to be a part of these conversations and episodes. And as always, if you're listening in the other locations, you can use SayNoToRage.com to come watch me live and support the channel directly. And as always, please like, share, and subscribe. Thank you for listening to or watching another episode of SNTR Presents. This is going to be the Q&A session that followed me kind of going through all the new details for the DCV, the Destiny Content Vault. If you want to watch these live, go to SayNoToRage.com. It brings you to the YouTube channel. When you're there, please click the subscribe button and the bell button, or you can support me directly with the join button. All those membership tiers on YouTube, they also match my Patreon. If you'd rather use the Patreon, you can go to SNTRPresents.com. So let's jump right into the questions because I know some people are really really uh kind of riled up about certain aspects and i'm glad techno's first up to bat because he was in the discord really unhappy about certain things being done with the exotics specifically raid exotics so he says i think raid exotics are an important part of the raid's identity do you think it's reasonable that raid exotics won't require you to play the raid the um they came from even once beyond light comes um, this is uh, this is a much more uh, diplomatic way to ask the question. He was pretty fired up in, in the Discord last night, and uh, I love seeing that. I do. I really do love seeing that. I love seeing people get passionate, and they were having a really good discussion about it. It has been confirmed both by the TWAB and by a community manager that they will need to be earned, and I could con- I could picture and con- and conceive of, of them saying, if you want Legend of Acrius, you're going to have to do a quest that includes a raid completion. That satisfies me. Okay. That now now that might not satisfy you. You might look at that and say, no, 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 no. It was attached to Leviathan. It should have to make, you know, a rerun of Leviathan. Essentially what I said in the Discord last night was I don't think you can rigidly I don't think you can rigidly try to impose this sort of I guess I'm gonna call it it's a dogma. It's a belief, it's a conviction that raid exotic should only come from that raid i think that's just too rigid for a live service game entering its fourth year we need a little bit of elasticity and agility we've got to be okay with some i'd call it adaptation taking the acrius and putting it in a kiosk that requires you to do a bunch of quest steps and then you run another raid instead of leviathan i think is fair i do i think that's totally fair I don't think you're going to go push a button and get an Acrius dispensed. So, I, you know, somebody's saying, Greg is saying, I think it should stick to Leviathan. It's because it's a special Cabal weapon. I 100% understand where you're coming from. However, as I just said, I just, I think we need to allow for agility and elasticity. The game has got to go into its fourth, fifth, and sixth years, and there's so many weapons and so many locations. Part of the process of doing a, the DCV, a Destiny Content Vault, it's just going to come with certain things that you're not going to quite be a fan of. Um, 
and I and I think you just have to kind of maybe accept it. It's not exactly like it, but it's kind of similar to when people get really angry that the iPhone goes way down in price, and they're like, I bought mine six months ago, and it was way more expensive. This is kind of similar. As time goes on, the value of the Acrius and the acquisition of the Acrius might just kind of go down in its in its potency and its identity because of the sort of the, the world we're attempting uh, to live and adapt and evolve into, which is a game that, you know, is is going and stretching beyond what most games ever really attempt to do. That does sort of get lost, I think, sometimes in these discussions. And that's why I'm like, man, that just seems too rigid. There's a rigidity there that y- y- this game is, is doing something that is difficult um, to to maintain this many years, and I just think that that rigidity wouldn't be helpful. So essentially, you'd have to just retire the Acrius altogether. Um, if the acquisition is still aspirational and not just go get a thousand kills with X, okay. So we're kind of on the same page, Techno. I happen to think, and I could end up being wrong here, but I happen to think Bungie's going to require some form of raid completion to get Acrius one K. Or anarchy, uh, you know, I don't think they're gonna say just go get a bunch of kills and do a couple of strikes. I, I could definitely see the quest having an element of that, but then you're gonna end the quest by saying, "Now go complete a raid." Now you see, because they have garden, uh, last wish, and then they have you know the deepstone crypt is probably where we're going. I think that would be the way to do it. And if they don't do it that way, I'm sure we'll be having this discussion again when we discover that it's only get a thousand kills and run two strikes and you're really angry because people are getting the Acrius without running a raid. I'll probably not be as angry as you, but I will join in your criticism and say, this is an unnecessary dilution of this item. It should have at least required one raid completion as the original quest did. I would think that they're going to do that though. They would keep it somewhat... Um, reminiscent of what was required before when you got the Acrius. Now you can't really do that one to one with the 1k and the Anarchy but look they're giving you you know moments of triumph and unlimited runs between now and you know November you got 80 days uh, I, I I think that the that the anarchy and the one K are in different categories due to the unlimited runs. Well, you can't unlimited run the last wish, so I don't I don't need to say one K, just anarchy. Sorry, you can get as many runs as you want for anarchy, uh, and then Acrius was a quest, so it was not a raid drop. Yeah, you had to do a quest. If it's easy to get and doesn't require raids, then it goes against loot hierarchy. I agree, but I also disagree because loot hierarchy is not maintained for exotics. It simply isn't. Sometimes they literally hand you an exotic like the Wither Horde. That's not really a, you know, maintaining loot hierarchy. That's a door prize for Frick's sake. They literally hand you Wither Horde at the beginning of this season. So I don't think you can say the Acrius is in some special class of hierarchy. Yes, it's raid loot, but it isn't any better than any other any other exotic in the game to be fair and they give exotics away in a variety of ways one way i think you know that they're not going to completely just hand these things out you know easy peasy is when you look at when they talk about the whisper and the outbreak uh, where do they talk about that i think i scrolled past it um they essentially talk about how they're going to bring them back when it 
when it seems you know appropriate like they're not just gonna like drop them back in the game um I don't know where that is in the actual article I'm gonna have to do uh a search for whisper okay there it is um no that's a catalyst where's the other mention of whisper okay here it is uh these exotic weapon rewards will not be acquirable until we find a new way to reintroduce them so if you're keen to get them make sure and do that now i think this can give you some confidence techno that they are not just going to drop anarchy and acrius in the in the kiosk and make you run like a a a, a, a homework checklist they're not even going to bring back whisper or outbreak until they can find a way to introduce them meaning these aren't even going to be in the kiosk which which stands to reason bungie wants to honor the acquisition of these weapons which means acrius would then be honored as well they would make it sort of reminiscent of what you originally had to do to earn it so i i think this is a pretty logical case that i'm making that you can read this and say okay bungie more than likely is going to honor acquisition of these items since they're not throwing the whisper and the outbreak into the exotic kiosk uh barrett says the amount of content so far revealed by Bungie for Beyond is making me personally not feel good about the amount that's being removed with what little is so far been revealed. Do you think Bungie needs to prioritize revealing all the new content coming else players are going to have buyer's remorse? We had this conversation earlier this morning. I believe it was Omar Uh, who was kind of going back and forth with me, and essentially what I said was, this is par for the course for Bungie. This is the band-aid ripping off housekeeping they always do before they start marketing, and then there's there's actually a very good reason for that. They want the marketing and the twabs and the Vidocs to be just pure hype excitement generating that gets really difficult if you have to throw in good news with bad news this isn't necessarily bad news but it certainly isn't good news it's just sort of like housekeeping it's not going to sit that well with some people let's get this out of the way if they bring this all this information i mean this is a long twab with lots of charts and lots of lists if they bring all this information while also trying to market and get you excited for beyond light it gets muddy it's not clean Bungie's pattern has always been they hold back the marketing and the excitement until very very close to release and we are very far away from that right now I would not anticipate anything getting too exciting or too let's really rally the player base's excitement and hype until at least maybe something in September and then really start ramping up in October. So right now, they're doing what they've always done. They're using their TWAB and their outlets of information to say, you know, we're going uh, to to, to really just do some housekeeping and ripping off of the band-aid, as it were. They did this before the summer, too. There were a bunch of blogs. It was like, dude, when are they going to talk about season the next season we didn't even know it was called season of arrivals it was just a bunch of blogs that were outlining sunsetting and stuff and we were like man this is all bad news this is all upsetting this is housekeeping and then bam they started promoting season of arrivals and they promoted season of arrivals at the same time as as like beyond light and witch queen and lightfall so this is par for the course for bungie this is predictable 
to a certain degree. I would not expect anything the rest of August and parts of September to really start to ramp up and get exciting. It's going to be a lot of information about how things are working, changing, and being updated. So... Rain the Dark. Don't you think it's possible that Bungie may lean on D1 content as they probably know nostalgia sells? While I may not mind, I'm concerned that players will rightfully be upset. Well, I mean, the thing is, is that if you're if if you're going to look at this and say they're leaning too heavily on D1, that feels like an exaggeration to me. Because all this shows is Cosmodrome and three strikes two of which aren't even landing in beyond light so beyond light does not feel like it's going to lean too heavily on nostalgia that vaults of glass doesn't even come out until 2021 and devil's layer and saber strike are coming out in other seasons so the only thing coming in beyond light that you could say is nostalgia driven is will of crota and the cosmodrome that's it Everything else is likely going to be centered around Europa, the new seasonal grind, the new campaign, the new location. Okay, you said sorry, I mean down the line. Even down the line, homie, I'm not actually that worried if they really want to bolster a $10, keep in mind, if they want to bolster a $10 season with the Saber Strike, or Devil's Lair, or Vog, I'm kind of okay with that. I, I am. We, the, the seasons were pretty light. We, we, we weren't getting seasons that did much other than tiny little circles of content. So if they're kind of holding some of that nostalgia and using D1 to bolster, I don't know, man. Ten bucks? We've not been getting strikes in seasons up to now. That wasn't really a thing. Raids? No. We've not gotten a raid in an in-between. Not since what? Scourge and Crown. So we didn't get any raids in year three in the season. So the fact that Vogue and Devil's Lair and Fallen Saber are there to bolster some of that seasonal content, I'm kind of like, that sounds pretty good to me. I have no problem paying for D1 content, especially Wrath of the Machine, but I'm not the majority. Listen, I got news for you that there is literally no way this community can can maintain that irritation you're gonna get close to a season they're gonna do a trailer you're gonna see vaults of glass and you're gonna swipe the dadgum credit card like there's no way a fan of destiny is gonna get into 2021 right the fourth year of destiny to the what is it the seventh year of the franchise and you're gonna be like well, that trailer for Vogue looked really good, but I don't know. That's just too much leaning on nostalgia. Like, I don't think so, bro. I think people are going to be like, yes, like swipe the credit card, give it to me. You know, the worry that you have, I think is valid. Like, oh, are they going to lean too much on nostalgia? That remains to be seen. I'm not seeing any signs or indications that like they're going to be doing too much D1. You know, I it. If, if this said they were planning on bringing back like seven D1 strikes, I'd be like, well, that's kind of interesting. You know, you're removing seven D2 and making, you're bringing back seven D1. That's a lot of D1. I still would probably be pretty excited, but I would be a little head scratching on them. Like, oh, that seems, that seems like a lot of D1. I don't think they're bringing that much back. Um, I'm just worried about the future because the only new strike is one on Europa. Everything else strike-wise are D1 strikes. Right, right, right. But, but hear me out on this, Unholy. Hear me out. 
they're going to change those strikes. So Willa Crota is not going to be a one to one. So it might, it's, it's like, it's basically new. Like, let's be fair here. It's not going to feel like a D one, one to one copy pasta strike. Okay. And strikes in general have never been the big focus. When they do an expansion, you get one or two and that's kind of it. And then the playlist gets a little bit too bloated anyway, and you hardly ever play them. Right? So they're removing seven, they're adding two, and then there also is going to be a seasonal activity on Europa, and, and there'll be a loot grind there. So I, I wonder if sometimes people put too much, way too much emphasis on, could we please get some new strikes? Could we please get some new strikes? I think they'd get more bang for their buck out of a heroic strike playlist where they grab Will of Crota, the redacted Europa strike, Scarlet Keep, um, and then maybe maybe one one from each of the planets or something and ignore corrupted so you would do these three and then and then these three up here one from planet edz ness's tangled shore so you have six and then that heroic strike playlist would have different versions of the strikes they'd be retooled updated new loot drops etc that to me sounds like a better thing now i'm not saying they're going to do that i'm saying that's an idea i'm putting out there i think that's better than being like here's three or four new strikes it's like well what are you doing to the strike playlist well nothing is there a loot grind in there well no then who the frick cares you'll be bored with the strikes in a couple of weeks strikes are a means of grind and that's the real breakdown right now they could add three or four strikes if there's nothing attached to it if there's no loot pursuit then it's all pointless i would hope they're doing this because they're going to as luke smith said reinvigorate core activities look right up here core activities is the headline so strikes are a core activity his commitment in year four is to reinvigorate core activities so i would rather have them spend bandwidth on the reinvigoration while giving us one or two strikes than dumping four strikes in and doing nothing for reinvigoration the capital and the longevity you would get out of a couple new strikes is so small it's fun and fresh for like a week and then after that you're like well there's no point running strikes so who gives a crap does that make sense Japanther. The TWAB indicates 11 crucible maps and 2 gambit maps are getting vaulted while adding no new maps for either mode. It seems insane to me that we can't get at least one new Europa themed map for both modes, especially gambit. Do you think that they should be taking so much away with nothing in return? You know, th- I, this is a bit of a this is a bit of an indictment of my bias. I didn't pick up on the fact that there are there aren't any new maps on here. Are there no new PvP maps listed here? Because we have Twilight Gap, Rusted Lands, Exodus Blue, and Bannerfall. We already have those, right? There's not any new maps here. I mean, that's a bit of an indictment of my bias. I, I didn't pick up on that and really address that, and that just shows I got a bit of a blind spot as a player. I think that is unfortunate uh, for the Crucible crew. Um, not even giving you a single new map. Yeah, I, I would say that is uh, that's a worthy complaint. Uh, this is an annual expansion, and um, I, I am a little shocked about that. Um, I don't know. I, I think you're going to see PvP YouTubers probably draw attention to that, rightfully so. Come on, Bungie, it's an annual expansion. You're yanking, you know, what is it? You said 11, 2, 4, 6, 8, 10. Yeah, 11 maps getting yanked out, not a single new one. Wait and see. Well, but what do you mean, wait and see, homie? Up here it says a, re- a Europa strike is listed up here for strikes, why would they not list 
Why would they not list the new map here? It could have been an oversight. It could have been an oversight, but Louie, they mentioned a new strike for Europa. We knew those were coming. Okay. 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 You might be right. Maybe they maybe it was an oversight. Maybe they're gonna announce it later. That's po- it's po- it's possible. Um I I don't know. I it, I don't care about Gambit. I mean, to be fair, I don't want Gambit getting any bandwidth. I you know, I I think I think you just set up Gambit to run like a machine and let it go. They're looking into innovating on it. I mean, they're changing the mode and they're going to be, you know, thinking about how to bring those uh those prime perks back but in a more balanced way. Um So, Darksider. The TWAB said exotics from Quest will be available from a kiosk and that the catalyst for Outbreak and Whisper won't be available to finish because the uh, the missions are going away and the Outbreak and Whisper will not be not being from a Quest. Does that mean they will be unobtainable in-game until their activities rotate back in? They seem to indicate uh, they seem to indicate that it was a um... It was going to come back at a later time when they figured out a way to reintroduce them. So I don't think that they're, uh, I don't think that they're, they're going to say that this is, um, I don't think they're going to say that this is like a, oh, we're just going to yank out the whisper and the outbreak and we're going to bring, we'll bring it back. Uh, it is uh it's it's more it's more about they're they're removing the activity and they're probably going to reintroduce them in a more creative way if that makes sense um i don't really see the point in removing the in removing the whisper and the outbreak missions only to be like hey it's been a year they're back D- does that make sense i don't that doesn't seem like um that doesn't seem like something that they would do um, that doesn't seem like something that they would do. I don't. I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't think they'd say, "Yeah, we're gonna take the time to remove them, and when we reintroduce them, we're just gonna literally bring back identical versions of the activities." Well, at that point, what was the reason of even taking them out? They're not. I mean, they're big areas, but they're not that big in the grand scheme of Destiny. Necro. Do you believe that it is in Luke Smith's plan to mesh the best of D1 and D2 to finally realize the vision that they've had for the franchise since day one? We touched on this the other day. I think it was on a VIP call-in where I said, um, you know, hey, I think that the reason they're wanting to bring back stuff from D1 is they're like, we can finally get Vog the right treatment. We can finally have it in an area where it looks... I mean, even if it's like their vision for Vaults of Glass was not disrupted by anything, I think part of it too is, dude, these new consoles and PC, this game looks amazing. We gotta bring back some of the best of the best here. You know? We... we. It's like when you remaster an album. I'll give you an example. Uh... Smashing Pumpkins, Siamese Dream. One of the best rock and roll albums to come out of the 90s. Just absolutely stellar from the top to the bottom. Okay? Billy Corgan just delivering just excellent and unique music. But it was a it was a bad recording. It was produced very poorly. It was quiet. And then later, you know, technology and reproduction and all that stuff, they get better at that kind of thing. 
and they go back and they 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 basically reproduce it and make it sound a lot better um they did the same thing to the album that i've been listening to a bunch lately because it's really relevant to to my life situation uh songs to burn your bridges by uh by project 86 their initial independent release of that album was was good it was gritty but it had like a more of a flat sounding to it and they re-recorded uh some of the tracks they reproduced it with a different label and the second version of the album sounds just incredible and crunchy and and just just robust so i kind of feel like that's what happened here yeah we recorded this album vaults of glass these strikes and stuff back when you know we were kind of limited and man we're so much better at audiovisual stuff now and effects and and frames per second and blah 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 and they want to bring them into what you know this next generation looks like uh so that's kind of what i think it's about now is it a meshing of d1 and d2 to realize the vision that they had for the franchise if i'm luke smith and i'm like dude this is the destiny we've always wanted to build i also think there's a part of me that's like i really really want vog to be a part of this it's the it's it is it's the crown jewel of D1. You got Vog and you got Taken King. They're like the crown jewels. If you picture like a crown with like some jewels in it, the three biggest jewels on that crown are Vaults of Glass, the 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 Taken King DLC with King's Fall Raid, and probably I I would say maybe Wrath of Machine or Age of Triumph. Those are all those crown jewel moments and it's like dude we're finally building the game that we want to build we're finally able to do things that we want to do with the loot and the mechanics and everything else we got to bring those things forward dude they're they deserve it you know these are the best let's take them out and polish them so that's that's i would say uh and vogs yeah vogs luke's baby he was one of the main um leads on that raid so i i I don't know if it's if it's as simple as our vision for Destiny is to really bring D1 forward. It's our vision for Destiny can finally be realized and these are the best pieces of D1 and we want to bring them forward too and so they they get some of the love. King's Fall was also something that Luke Smith was heavily involved with. Both Vault of Glass and King's Fall, he was heavily involved with the design of those raids. Hitman. With the type of engine changes that we are looking to get in Beyond Light, well, we're speculating, uh, and how the DCV looks to be coming together, where do you sit on an actual Destiny 3 as opposed to one big fluid world that will just be updated and added to from here on out? Oh, that looks good. Um, I can smell it. Those fries smell great. The the long-standing pre- like position that I was holding was that Destiny 3 was still going to happen. That's obviously looking less and less likely. Now, Luke Smith didn't knock it completely off the table. He's just like, we're not making... We're, we, we have no plans to make a Destiny 3 right now. Now, he didn't remove it from the table. He didn't say absolutely, definitively, no, we will never make a Destiny 3. I think he wants to leave their options open. But at the current juncture, it is not in the plan. They're not doing anything. There's no scaffolding being built. There's no vision being cast for Destiny 3. So, in light of that, looking at what we've got and looking at the decision that they were faced with, I am actually happy with everything I'm hearing. Because, like... It's like when you go in, you know, when I had, you know, some work done in my office to do some soundproofing 
and you know I come down and the guy that's been doing the drywall was like well we really really wanted to do this but we couldn't so we had to do it in this way I mean I don't throw my hands up and say are you kidding me are you kidding me like it's like oh okay cool yeah it's looking good you guys are doing a great job looks real clean so in this scenario it's like this is what we wanted to do. This is the this is what we have to do. We can't do another sequel that falls on its face. We really need to invest in the existing systems and the existing game. I'm like, okay. All right, it's looking good. It's looking promising. If this is the best you can do, like I'm excited. Um I don't know. I just become I become in my in my in my life and in my you know being a dad and a husband and i would even say going through my own you know therapy and process of healing i think sometimes i'm just more understanding of like okay that's fine instead of being so demanding i don't know what it is i just think in this in this especially in this day and age with video games and the current situation that we're dealing with I think I'm just a lot more understanding of like, okay, you have to delay it. Okay, that's fine. Yeah, that's cool. Oh, you couldn't really do another game. You, you got to do it this way. You got to vault some stuff. Okay, yeah. If that's if you guys are telling me that's what you need to do, then you know I I'll I, I, I accept that. You know, um, I don't that that's just you know higher levels of empathy and understanding. I think when you've gone through a lot of what I've gone through, so you know it it more and more. I do think the gaming community is becoming more receptive to these ideas to say, you know, are if if we're if we're going to get delays, if we're going to get, you know, good good games or good things, it just in the current in the current situation, you're just going to have to accept more more agile delivery, uh, more flexible launch dates and in Destiny I think that we just have to become more accepting of like this is kind of what they have to do and the you know the Destiny Karens are going to storm the Reddit castle with their pitchforks and get mad about reskins or sunsetting or whatever but ultimately I just think ultimately we've we've landed at a place where I have a glimpse of what I think they can do with the game and what they're going to deliver and I'm and I'm happy with that. And I will always call out the faults, the missteps and the mistakes and ask for improvement. Um so is that giving them a pass though? Like it's just a punt? Well, no, cuz we're not there yet, J Stock. We're not there yet. You know me and you know how I am. If we get into Beyond Light and I'm like this is just not what we were what we were promised or expected or if we get another non-match made public event that's failable and frustrating with the delta and everything else dude you know i will get out the machete and rip it to ribbons and be like this is so what are we doing if they repeat a bunch of mistakes um i'm just sort of saying in the here and now when i zoom out on the franchise and what has happened and I'm contrasting getting a Destiny 3 or getting a continued Destiny 2 with the DCV. I'm kind of like, I'm good with it. I am. I'm not giving them a pass. I still expect, you know, I still expect excellence and, and good communication and good innovation. I, I still expect those things from them. So it's not a pass. It's just a, okay. You know, when the guy told me they couldn't do the thing they wanted to do down here with the drywall because it just wasn't going to work. I, I It was like, okay. I still expect him to do a great job and for it to look nice or, you know, I was like, okay, that's fine. I'm just going to give you a pass. You know, 
you, you, just, you can just pack up and go home. Just leave it like it is, unpainted and unfinished. You see, it's like, I think there's a difference between giving somebody a pass and being understanding while still having, I think, healthy expectations. So... Gilly in the mist says uh, do you think that it's the right move to take so much away when the timeline to bring the same back is looking like at least a year should a transition period be longer than all at once here's what I think they're doing there was someone this morning that said they're removing all of this stuff it's a junk ton of stuff and it's because they're making space for the next three years I think that is completely untrue I think they're taking this much out for the next year, for year four. There would be no reason to take this much stuff out if, like, think of it this way. If they take out Reckoning and they're going to fill that vacancy in the Witch Queen, then they didn't need to take out Reckoning yet. They could have taken out Reckoning later, like next year. So what I think they're doing is, is they're creating all these vacancies in space and I think most of that is for year four, for the year of Beyond Light. And they've made it very clear that the DCV will be a rhythmic and I believe annual thing. Every year they're going to say, all right, this stuff's going into the DCV. We got some stuff coming out of the DCV and we're adding a new location. You know, they said there's always going to be a brand new, never before visited location with every expansion. So we're getting Europa, Witch Queen will take us somewhere and so will Lightfall. So... I think every year there will be a rhythmic shove stuff into the DCV to make space and add stuff in over the next 12 months. So Beyond Light is not going, and and this is where we need to set our expectations. Beyond Light as an expansion is not going to add back one-to-one everything that was taken out. At the end of the year, it might be close to that, but I still don't think they're going to jam-pack this game full of everything that's leaving. Like, just the Leviathan, just the Leviathan in and of itself and the four planets, we're not going to get four planets in the Leviathan-sized area by the end of twenty, you know, 2021. I think it'll be close. You know, I think they're, if you, like, for example, they're removing seven strikes and they're adding four. So over the course of this next year, they created a vacancy of seven and they're adding back four. I think it's going to be like that. I think that's like a, a snapshot of what it's going to look like. So if they remove seven activities, they'll add back four. If they remove, you know, four planets, they're probably going to add back two or maybe three, not four, not like one to one, but like they remove four planets in the Leviathan. That's five locations. I bet you by the end of this year, we've got three locations. Europa, Cosmodrome, and one more. Remove five, add in three. You make space, and you almost fill it to the brim. You know? That's what I think they're going to end up doing here. So if you think you're going to strut into Beyond Light in Europa and get back equal to everything they removed... First of all, I think that's a ludicrous expectation because a lot of what they moved is stuff that was added over time. The Leviathan, all of the layers, the Menagerie, the four planets, like strikes, all this stuff. So I I, uh, I think that's what it's going to look like. You're not going to get a literally refilling of the game in, in Beyond Light. It's going to take place 
over the course of year four. Uh, Table JFK. The language used in the TWAB when Bungie said something along the lines of best of content that would be coming back, like Crucible Maps, from the DCV, it seemed to imply uh, that they would have the final say in what comes back. Is it reasonable to speculate exactly how Bungie will determine this? Well, when they say best of, I don't think it's I don't think they're in the dark about what locations, maps, and strikes are are liked and hated. I think they can tell. So that's probably gonna play a factor. Like, they know what's popular, what's loved. You check Twitter, YouTube, Reddit, forums, like they're not in the dark about what's about what content's enjoyable and what content's not. Like that's that's not something they're in the dark on. I don't think they're going to be like throwing a dartboard at at the director. What are we removing next? Well, Dreaming City. Bye bye. Like they they obviously have a plan in place. Some of it's dictated probably by story, but also I do think it's it's going to be done according to player population trends and what people engage with and you know what people uh, like and don't like as far as verbalizing it and everything else. Based on impulse, with the next question. Bungie said on Twitter that Taraba and Anarchy will be included in the new exotic kiosk. Personally, I'm really against it, as I feel raid exotics should have to be earned through efforts in the raid. What are your opinions on that? Well, they haven't indicated how they'll be earned, and they have said they will need to be earned. Um, I think they should have been a little bit harder on the verbiage here, because, you know, the community managers have confirmed, no, you're going to have to earn it. I think people saw a kiosk and they're like, I'm just going to be able to go buy it. Right? I'm just going to go yank it out and, and get it, you know? So I think when they said that, oh, it's going to be an exotic kiosk, they should have been very, very firm in saying some of these exotics will be harder to earn than others because there will be raid exotics in there. So I don't disagree with you in principle. As I said earlier, we need to have some some agility and some elasticity here. We need to make allowances for them to, to adapt and evolve the game. And that will mean that Anarchy and Taraba might become quests that require, you know, two or three raid completions or something. And I know you're going to be like, that's bullcrap. It took me 50 times to get Anarchy. That's bogus. That sucks. It's like, okay, hang on a second. Is your criticism about the bad drop rate of the Anarchy, is that a valid criticism? Well, yes, it is a valid criticism. Okay, the criticism doesn't stop being valid what just because what you have it well now that you have it everybody else has to experience that crappy grind no of course not your criticism is valid therefore if they make a change and it becomes a little easier to get oh you only have to run three or four raid completions to get it now it's just a quest line you're still making them go into raids right but that's 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 what i've always tried to show people this quest for this item is ridiculous and tedious and stupid. And Bungie's like, okay, and they shave it down. Well, that's bullcrap. Everybody else should have to do what I did. It's like, wait a minute. If your criticism of it being too grindy, too slow, too withholding, too whatever, if your criticism is valid, it doesn't cease to be valid just because you got the weapon and now everybody else has to run through your garbage experience that you had too. You know, I... 
And I also think, like, you know, they're gonna be old eventually. You know, Acrius is really, really old. You know, Anarchy and Taraba, a year and two years from now, they're older. You know, I, I am not ever, ever big on this. Oh, it's a slap in the face. It took me, you know, Louis, Louis, Louis Hall saying, you know, 138 times before I got Anarchy, okay? That stinks, but I never really sign on the dotted line with the whole, this is a slap in the face, Bungie. Are you do, 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 do. I've just, I've never really gone down that road with people. I think that gets overstated. Rare weapons should remain rare. Time does not change that period. Right, but as I just said, the community was in pretty consistent agreement about the 1k anarchy drop rates being terrible. And if that criticism is valid, if Bungie makes changes that makes it a little bit uh, easier, then, you know, I, I don't think it it's a problem. It devalues them. That's not objectively true. That's only subjectively true. If you feel that it's devalued because they make it a little bit easier to get, then you're just a very different player than me. You know? Yeah, we got about like 60 dislikes all of a sudden. Somebody's using a dislike bot on the channel. Um, You're just a different player than me. I got the anarchy and I was like, this is awesome. This is dope. And you know what's happening now? People are getting the anarchy easier. Why? drop rate protection after so many drops it becomes almost guaranteed after so many attempts and they can complete they can grind for it as many times as they want now i could argue oh you made it easier for them to get it that's not fair the percentage for the drop rate gets better the more they run it they can run it multiple times a week that's not fair you're devaluing the anarchy no they're not it's still a great weapon and they still got to put in work to get it so I agree on the drop rate percentage change, just not in the future of a quest being way easier to get. Well, let's wait and see what's required. Let's wait. If you have to do a bunch of quest steps and then run five raids or something, I don't know. I think that's fair. It's an older exotic. They're still making you go into raids. Let's just wait and see. You know? Before we... Before we... Before we burn before we burn the system down with criticism, let's just wait and see how they implement it. And I may, I may join your side in the debate and say, you know what? I agree with Robert. These things should be a little bit more challenging to get. It's you want an anarchy? Go get a thousand grenade launcher kills and strikes. That's that, that's freaking stupid, right? Like I I'll be on your team if that's what they do. I'll be like, come on. That that's a raid exotic. You gotta have some raid work here, you know? You got you to require a little raid leg, leg work here. Mr. Han Brolo, do you agree that forges should be vaulted when there is no content that releases to them to make sense? I feel like they could be repurposed and expanded on the Fallen having Scourge tech and giving us new guns. Well, this is sort of a woulda, shoulda, coulda. I don't know why they're removing the forges, bro. I mean, my theory is that they started porting the EDZ to this new engine or this engine update. This up, If it's an updated version of Tiger, I, they started having to port the EDZ probably a long time ago. And because of that, they probably started working with the assets of the EDZ that were pre-Black Armory. 
I think the version of Destiny that we're going to be playing in year four has been being worked on for a while. I think they were going to try and bolster Destiny 3 with existing assets and planets. I think EDZ is probably one of them. It's a popular planet. It's a good-sized planet. It's large. And I think they were they were working on bringing a lot of that stuff over. I wouldn't be surprised if that's they've made discoveries through that process that enabled them to pull the trigger on the D1 stuff coming back. Suddenly, again, there's a technological discovery that, oh, wow, we can actually bring D1 stuff over fairly, you know, fairly efficiently. Um, and then that would make sense of, like, the version of the EDZ you're going to be interacting with in November is a, is a, a ported version of the EDZ that was likely started way, way back before forges were a thing. And I think along the way of trying to build their D3 and build that foundation, someone's like, "We, this isn't going to work. It's not going to work. People are going to be angry they bought a full price game that has returning planets in it, and it's going to be another flop and another fumble. We have got to just expand on D2, and that was a breach of what, what the contract was asking them to do. The contract with Activision would have had a third game launching this year, end of this year, and Bungie wanted to get out from under that, and that's why they broke with Activision. Hanbrolo with another one. I think the perks from Gambit armor being made into mods is to try to make people choose over armaments. However, heavy is just too good. Do you think making us use a mod slot for armor perks is a good idea? It could be. I mean, it could be. Part of me feels that uh, armaments just need to be removed from the game. I, I just... It's like... It's like I'm mowing my yard and there's this... There's this just bush in the corner that just gets in the way and it causes me problems. It takes me twice as long to mow the lawn because I can't fit the lawnmower around it. It's too close to the fence and it's just in the way. And I'm always trying to come up with creative ways to mow around and just get the freaking bush out of the yard. Just get it out of here. (laughs) Just get it out. Why? It's not worth it. It's causing too much problems. Oh, I want to get a swing set for my kids. Or, oh, we wanted to play catch or play football. Or, oh, I'm trying to mow my lawn. There's stupid bushes in the way. Armaments are just in the way. You got to get them out. They're causing so many problems with so many things. They're going to literally disable them for day one raid race. Right? We all know this man doesn't mow his lawn. Now, slow down. I Yeah, I have somebody mow my lawn. You don't got to put me on blast. The, 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 the... (laughs) <laughs> the analogy sticks you you frick the the analogy sticks you get what i'm saying you get what i'm saying i'm saying that basically they did they confirm they're disabling for day one raid yeah that was said on reddit i swear to you i saw a screenshot of dylan saying that on reddit that fallen armaments will be disabled um uh so The 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 fallen armaments uh, were disabled for scourge. I have no idea. They said they're going to be disabling for them the new raid. I swear I saw a screenshot of that from Reddit. I swear I did. Um, I read Glad and them calling for it. It might have been an exchange with Glad then, maybe a tweet. Um, so I too pay for someone to mow my yard. Lono is a man of refined taste and class. 
<laughs> Bradley. Now that Bungie is vaulting the tribute hall, should Bungie replace it with something else? Do players need the extra ammo from the hall? Just put the ammo the ammo uh, dispensers in the tower. Just put them in the tower. I, I, I go to the tribute hall as much as I go to the tower right now. I go to the tower, I grab my bounties, and then I go to the tribute hall. Why? I don't want to start a strike or any activity and not have ammo. It's irritating. Glad got a response from Dylan on Twitter about it and that they were going to disable it. Oh, so it's on Twitter. According to Techno, it was an exchange that happened on Twitter, though. Not not Reddit. Ashen. Hypothetical. Bungie comes out and announces exotic sunsetting. Uh, could that add any depth to the game, or would it just be like them taking more of our power away? Should they design more exotics to focus on champs? I mean... Okay. I don't want to go down this debate this debate road because everyone in chat's going to have a different opinion and I love those debates but I'll make a separate video if I really want to spar for 45 minutes about exotics getting sunset but as most topics in destiny come up I am right and everybody else is wrong <laughs> I, I think sunsetting exotics is needed um I think they should have sunset the touch of malice instead of nerfing it. I think they should have sunset Izanagi and Sleeper instead of nerfing them. Um, I think sunsetting exotics is actually, ironically, it's more respectful of the exotic than nerfing them so then no one uses them. Uh, or they get used significantly less often. Um, so... I if I will con- I will continue to say that those are the best examples that I have. They should have sunset the the touch of malice that and then you don't got to nerf it. You sunset the sleeper and you don't got to nerf it. You sun you know you just it's and no I know. I listen people people will go to war with me on this and I respect their passion but they're also wrong. <laughs> You know, I like there's going to be probably more disagreement on this than like legendary sunsetting. But the principle still applies. The principle of of legendary weapon sunsetting still applies to exotics. You can create more room and more power and more vibrancy if you sunset. How are you ever not going to make anarchy amazing? How are you ever going to make Xeno just not just brute force insane damage amounts how are you going to do that how make something stronger right aha oh ho see the principle applies power creep it's the same principle applies nobody wants to admit it you know it's it's like it's like it's in the corner it's like a leak in the ceiling you're like well if i don't look at it it's not there everybody knows deep down that i'm right about this you know deep down (laughs) you know deep down that i'm right about this that eventually you're gonna run out of road you've got a sunset exotics or you're either gonna do power creep exotics or exotics that nobody cares about you're going you you will you will run out of road so we're all free to disagree on this one we'll probably have to do a separate video LL Brood how is Bungie going to fill the content that they're taking out drip feed us with season DLCs or big drops far as I can tell Brood my reading of this is it will be a slow process of filling the vacancies it's not going to all happen in beyond light it'll be a, it'll it'll happen slowly over time 
Mark Jr., as someone that's in a wait-and-see mode for Beyond Light, I'm concerned that Bungie is taking too much out. Do you think that Bungie will be able to add enough content to replace it? We're getting some kind of repeat questions, and that's fine, but this is very similar to some of the other ones we've already gotten. I think they it's going to be the... Um, oh, Zer's in the EDZ? Alright, I'm gonna let's go pay him a visit. I think it's going to be s- similar... Uh, it's going to be similar to... They're removing seven strikes and they're re-adding four. Well, they're adding four, I'm sorry. Removing seven, adding four. So they're not adding one-to-one seven strikes, but they are adding a a, a pretty decent amount. You You lose seven, you add four. I think they're taking out, you know, what is it? Seven locations and they're gonna add three. We're gonna get Cosmodrome, Europa, and then like one other at some point. Um, you know, you're losing a, a lot of raids and a lot of end game, and they're adding two raids, you know. So, uh, I think this is the close, but I haven't read yet. I think I'm close with this one, but I haven't read yet. Are there any responses to that Twitter thread? Uh, Garden World is the ordeal next week, and Breakthrough and Mayhem come to the Crucible. Trials is active, and Zur is in the EDZ. We will go there. Okay. Okay, Cosmo replied and said, we're looking into it. Okay, well, there you go. So he responded to the, the inquiry about the taken armaments and the fallen armaments and all that. Fallen Hive taken armaments and said, we're looking into it. I think it's a pretty safe bet. They'll probably disable them. I think it's just easier to get rid of them. I do. Ashen. I'm still having the problem of looking at this content and asking why do it. Strikes, Gambit, Crucible, they feel like time wasters instead of core activities. Do you? Uh, do we have anything to show us that Bungie will make those activities worth playing? We have a director's cut where Luke Smith said his commitment is in year four is to reinvigorate those core activities. So you have that. Do you have details? on uh on how it's gonna work no we don't so the uh we'll just have to wait and see because i remember when we were on you know we were we were doing the rageous round table and and somebody said you know hey i you know, they basically said i think they're reinvigorating the core activities with the umbral engrams they're going to use the umbral engrams every season to reinvigorate those core activities. And I, I strongly disagreed with them. I said, no, I, I don't agree with that. That's not a reinvigoration. Um, that's not a reinvigoration. To me, uh, the reinvigoration is changing and updating and creating some form, some form of... Uh, of actual loot pursuit and reason, as you're saying, a reason to go into the encounter. If that doesn't happen in year four, then he's not making good on his promise of reinvigorating. Just look, if you just throw the seasonal drops and strikes or the umbrals and drops, that's not reinvigorating. You're just throwing stuff in there that I can get somewhere else. There needs to be a unique reason to run strikes. Can't be a milestone. I mean, that's not good enough either. Mediocre sumo. 
a brand new member today. They joined and clicked the join button and got to submit a question. So if you want to join these Q&As, click the join button or type exclamation point join in the chat. You also get perks in Discord, so don't forget to connect to your, uh, with the Discord. We got new shows coming, new things coming. You want to make sure you're in there. Mediocre uh, Sumo says, Why is Bungie so keen on keeping the two on Destiny? It's becoming an ever-changing platform more than a sequel, and wouldn't it be more attractive to new players if it presented itself like a soft reboot? Okay, so at this point, I am probably more in favor of removing it than I originally was, because if they would have called Destiny 3 Destiny Beyond Light, what people would have said was, I don't understand, is that a sequel or an expansion? Okay, that was always my pushback. But since we're not going into a sequel and we're just expanding on Destiny, yeah, drop the two, Destiny Beyond Light. It, what, you know what I mean? The more and more they bring back Destiny 1 stuff, the more impetus there is to be like, dude, you don't need the freaking number on there. Now, there could be marketing reasons, SEO reasons. I, You know, th- there could be market research that says, no, you're going to cause consumer confusion. They're going to think it's a brand new game. I don't know. Um, Luke answered this. He said, it's a branding thing. It's not as easy to just dropping the two. Right. I was just going to get to that. As far as like trademarking and branding and copyright and all that, the, the Destiny 2 is like a firmly established brand and title, and it's not super easy to just be like, Bloop. you know, go try and change your name. <laughs> try and change your legal name. You know, it's, it's, it's similar, not, not quite, but, it, you know, it's a little bit similar. So more than likely, it would just be too painful for them to do it. Kane, if Bungie are taking out base D2 plus expansions in year two season, what could they possibly be taking out for Witch Queen? The seasons will already have been removed for year three in Shadowkeep, uh, and you can't go as it kicks off the pyramid story. Uh, I think that Tangled Shore and Dreaming City are going to leave. I think we're going to resolve we're going to resolve everything in the summer. I think the summer will be another big, big summer. Okay, so this summer is big with significance, not big with substance. I think we're going to be in a similar scenario. I think summer of 2021 is significant story-wise, and we resolve the curse, and that that's the pro- that's the propulsion to Witch Queen, and that gets rid of Dreaming City and Tangled Shore. That's what I think. I think we'll resolve all that in the summer. So in a similar way that when you look at the director right now, it's the summer, right? And there's four planets basically marked for removal. I think the same thing's going to happen in the summer of 2021. Those areas will be marked for removal. Some sort of a, a visual indicator on the director that these places are under threat. Something's going on. Da, 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 da. We resolve it. Gets it, it gets removed from the game. And then when we start Witch Queen, we're basically we're, we're on the hunt for Savathun. That'll include a brand new location. And I also believe it'll include a companion location of the, of the Dreadnought. If not in Witch Queen in that year. We already know they wanted to bring the Dreadnought back. It was planned and it got booted. It got bumped in the timeline. After Witch Queen, it's possible Dreaming City plays a role in the expansion. It could go either way. I again think we're seeing a rhythm here. I think Bungie's going to do this every summer. Every summer, it's going to be like, ding, ding, ding. These places are leaving. Bye-bye. Nessus will probably get removed in the summer you know, of 2022 or something. Like, They'll just eventually... Psh- be like, yep, this stuff's getting shoved off. It's just old. It's, I mean, think about it. Tangled Shore and Dreaming City are next in line for the chop. 
then maybe Nessus. And then after that, it would be the moon. And that's it. So I, I think they're next in line. I think, I think it makes, I think it makes sense in the timeline and the timing to resolve all that in the summer. And then boom, she's the main threat in witch queen. And there's a new location along with dreadnought. Um, I don't think the dreaming city will leave until after witch queen because Riven's heart might play a role in the story. I mean, listen, that's possible too. I just think, think about it like this. Would you have ever imagined with the pyramid ships showing up in the cutscene and all that and showing up in Shadowkeep, would you ever imagine a summer that looks like this? Four pyramid ships and four planets marked for removal? No. I could imagine some other visual indicator in the summer of 2021 making it very clear Dreaming City and Tangled Shore are on the way out. And once all that's resolved and done with, boom, that catapults us into Witch Queen. You know? So, I I could have this backwards, but that's how I think they're going to do it, because they're not going to remove Europa. I cannot see them removing the EDZ, because Cosmodrome will basically be attached to it. And Moon is is a baby at this point. It just came in Shadowkeep. Maybe Nessus. Maybe Nessus. To me, I just feel... Tangled Shore and Dreaming City are obviously interwoven with Savathun, so I could see them ramping up the Savathun story in the summer and those areas going away, and that being the kickoff to Witch Queen. In the same way that the kickoff to Europa and everything is being kicked off right now with pyramid ships essentially saying these planets are going bye-bye. So... It's just interesting when you start thinking about it from a lore standpoint. The moon has to stay because it directly links with Lightfall if it's about the darkness. I don't think they're going to remove the moon. I think moon's going to stay. I think moon's going to stay. What was that? What was that flicker? Did you guys see that flicker in my capture? Was that in the game? Um... Uh, Doc Six, Bungie's decision to delete such huge portions of Destiny after only three years is unconventional for a live service game when others like WoW have been expanding for 15 years. What kind of changes can we truly expect uh, to see in year four versus year three to convince us the decision was worth it? I would think you would want it to be pretty substantive. You would want it to be pretty substantive. I don't think you can compare, you know, Destiny to other games because it's just it's been built differently. It's a different idea. It's a different concept. A different vision, and we don't have dedicated servers or subscription fees. So, I just think a lot of it's going to have to be. I think a lot of it's going to have to be. Um, it's going to come down to substance and end game. Like, is the end game substantive? Is it? Is it? Does it feel like we won in the trade? You know, when you 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 got kids that are like trading baseball cards for toys and stuff. Well, sometimes it's not a fair trade. You see kids trading, you're like, wait a minute, you're giving them your bicycle for a stick of gum? What the frick? Like, I I hope we get to January and feel like, oh, this is worth it. It was totally worth it to trade all that stuff and make all this space. 100% worth it. So... That's a great final question. We're going to transition to VIP call-ins. If you want to be a part of that, make sure you're a VIP tier. You can upgrade on YouTube or Patreon. It's prorated. If you want to upgrade to the VIP tier, use the join button or the Patreon command. As always, if you're listening in other locations, you can watch these live at saynotorage.com or use the Patreon at sntrpresents.com. As always, please like, share, and subscribe.
Thank you for listening to or watching another episode of SNTR Presents. This is going to be the VIP call-in session that happened after we talked and walked through the new details of the DCV, the Destiny Content Vault, as well as the Q&A. And we are going to be having a call-in session with a handful of viewers right now. If you want to be a part of these, you can become a direct supporter of the channel, either on the YouTube or Patreon. Um, say no to Rage.com. I'll take you to the YouTube you can click the join button, pick VIP, and it allows you to do these call-ins. You can also go to the Patreon, sntrpresents.com, pick VIP, get in the Discord, and you can take part of these. And thank you, Lucky Clips. I didn't see it. Uh, renewed their, I think renewed their membership. It didn't pop up on the alerts, though. Uh, so thank you very much. So I'm going to come to Based on Impulse first uh, to talk about... Uh, what do you want to talk about, actually? Uh... I want to talk about the same thing as uh, as techno actually, so I think we're going to be opening and closing with the same thing. Uh, the exotics and the uh, kiosk. Uh, I kind of just wanted to like qualify what I was saying in Q and A. Okay. Um, because I, I do uh, agree with you that uh, you know the drop rates uh, were a problem and they needed to be fixed, uh, and I stood by that even after you know even after I earned all three of those weapons. Um. But for me, at least, it's the uh, it's more so the problem of not earning the weapon through its original pursuit mm-hmm. rather than... You know, well, obviously, we don't know exactly how the kiosk thing is going to work. Um, but, you know, it's the... It's kind of... It kind of takes away from the novelty of the exotic if you're not getting it from its unique activity. Because I feel like, you know, killing Insurrection Prime and getting your Anarchy drop or finally getting that riven clear and then getting your 1k you know I, I feel like that's more rewarding than maybe you know go do a quest line and then run the new raid a handful of times and then you know we'll give it to you yeah and i certainly i certainly don't disagree with the spirit of that i do i do like the idea that and this is actually strangely enough one of the reasons that I was against transmog for weapons, because a weapon's origin influences its appearance, and it's 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 that gun has identity. Um, I was a little bit more okay with it with armor because it just gave us freedom, and I I definitely think that armor is more about appearance, and guns are more about like being sort of an extension of us. And I got this gun in this raid or this nightfall or whatever. And so I've I've said very similar things to what you're saying about the origin of the item impacting its appearance and what it looks like. And so I can certainly say, yeah, Acreus coming from the Leviathan raid is intrinsically linked to like the fact that the weapon looks like the guns the guys carry. You know, it looks like a big clunky cabal toaster shotgun. You know, it's massive. And mm-hmm. But then I have to shelve that a little bit and say, listen, we're so many years into the franchise, we have to make allowances for agility and elasticity to say, if these guns are going to stick around, they're going to have to come up with creative ways to allow folks that are new to the game or skip the season or a DLC to say, oh man, I never got that, I'd like to get that. And so I know the big question mark is what are people going to have to do to earn it? And I think that's a fair question. And I definitely am on the side of the people saying it needs to include raid runs of some sort raid, you know, raid completions of some sort, or it'll really, really be a dilution of the exotic, but because the exotic 
the exotic pool is getting so large and they're having to shelve so much content this seems like it was sort of inevitable and I think as long as they make the best of it and and, and sort of honor the fact that look this is a raid exotic you're not going to push a button and get a dispensed gun you're going to actually have to go do a bunch of stuff which should include raids I think as long as, long as they honor that element of it I can accept it as a this is just where we are now this is necessary because of what you got to zoom out on this right what's totally necessary right now was alarming when they first brought it up the idea of retiring locations and planets um we we started speculating remember it's it's so funny how it's standard to us now that they're doing it but for the longest time we thought what an absurd idea bungie's not just going to remove planets from the game and here we sit with a blog post of they're just gutting the game of so many places and locations so if you really zoom out on it this is sort of collateral damage because of how much demolition they're having to do for, you know, the they're trying to add on to the house. You know, they're having to knock down walls and throw out furniture and do all kind of stuff that just seems un, just insane. And the collateral damage is that we're going to have to come up with something that we do with the Acrius and the Anarchy. And I think as long as the urn is qualified and done in the appropriate way, I think everybody can kind of calm down a little bit while still maintaining, like, in an ideal world, you're right, its origin is important, but we can't really live in an ideal world where a game's trying its best to be elastic and evolve and adapt, and, and that process is painful and includes literally chopping sections of the game off. Right, yeah, and uh, one thing that I think... You know, it would be great if there was a way for them to do it. I mean, I wouldn't really want it to take too much away as far as, you know, buzzword bandwidth goes. Um, But if they could, you know, do something when you finish the quest, maybe give you a cutscene or a short little mission, kind of like explaining like, hey, this is what you've just earned. It's just, I, I don't want that to, you know, I don't want that to take away from them, you know, working on... You know, or if we're getting new secret missions or new exotic quests or anything like that. Yeah, I think it hits closer to home with the Acrius because of its appearance. And I think the Anarchy is, for me at least, it's in a bit of a different category. Although it does look pretty fallen inspired. It's got it's got kind of a, it does seem inspired, inspired a little bit by like the, the catch ships and stuff. So it... I, I, I don't disagree. They could do something to say, you know, this is it. This is where it came from. This is its origin. And maybe include that in the quest. You know, you're going and doing stuff and the the quest flavor text and stuff is, you know, talking about how you're having to find the remnants of the Cabal to put this thing together and build it. And you got to imbue it with power by taking down a raid boss or something. Um, you know, I... I'm just spitballing, but like to me, it's like you know, same thing with the anarchy. You know, take me to areas where it, it, I'm, I'm having to kind of rebuild this weapon. There's rumors about it and stuff, and I think if they do that and honor where it's come, you know, coming from, I think we have to be honest though and say this is probably not going to be a huge front burner issue for Bungie. They're they've got bigger fish to fry. This may be something that sort of stick sticks in your in your boot and kind of annoys you like I can't believe they did that to the you know the anarchy like I I felt that way about the sleeper I hated that the sleeper was such a quick grind people got it the first day of the DLC that bothered me right but eventually I just kind of got over it and 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 moved on and 
my hope would be is that the ra- the new raid and the new raid weapons and whatever new exotics they introduce in Beyond Light, hopefully another new you know new raid exotic, would really overshadow the 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 frustration and the disappointment here um, because you know this this just may not be a giant front burner we better make sure we really handle the acrius and the anarchy well it could literally be a checklist that ends in run three raids you know it, it could be as simple as that and i know that might not be good enough for for some folks but i just think bungie has bigger fish to fry than to pacify people's sentimentality about an exotic this is not a bug or a quest glitch or a a broken piece of the game it's it's an emotion it's more of an emotional thing right i'm not saying that to condescend any to anybody like i get emotional about guns too i get very attached and irritated when something gets nerfed or whatever i did that with the sleeper so i don't mean that to be like condescending but like i do think sometimes they have to be like listen that's more of an emotional problem that's people's sentimentality about the weapon and we just don't have time for that we got bigger fish to fry so right yeah and and i think um one way that uh that this this whole kind of discussion and issue could have been avoided that's you know something a lot of people would get upset about is if we if we just sunset exotics instead because then, you know, if going into Beyond Light, you, you the Anarchy's sunset, mm-hmm. uh, then, or maybe, you know, it's only good for Beyond Light season, uh, then, you know, you can remove it from, you, you, can, you can make it unavailable or unobtainable. Um, and, and there's not, you know, there's not too much pain in that because, you know, you're not going to be able to use it in most of the endgame stuff. And I do have a little bit of a, a bias on those kinds of things because I am much more of a hardcore end game player, but Yeah, I wonder though if your your outlook is very measured, because a lot of people are very anti sunsetting exotics. I I wonder if some people would feel like you're punching them twice, you know, like, oh my gosh, right. you're, you're making it easier to get them and you're sunsetting them, you know, frick you, Bungie. Uh <laughs> I I, th- I think sunsetting for exotics is coming, and I think I've made a pretty strong argument whenever I brought up things like Touch of Malice and Sleeper and Izanagi's and Whisper. And, you know, I don't know. Every single exotic you've ever enjoyed eventually gets nerfed. Um, I think it's more respectful to actually sunset them and, le- and not nerf them so they can become the god of a certain raid or the god of a certain encounter, but eventually they just kind of stay there. They don't... The Touch of Malice could have always been an excellent weapon for the one strategy we came up with in King's Fall, and instead it kind of got disrespected, it gets chopped down, and then everybody just pivoted to Sleeper. Um, so, I, I just feel like, man, it would have been so much more respectful of the Touch of Malice. I, and here's the thing, I didn't even have a Touch of Malice. I intentionally never got one just to bother people that thought you needed it. I just never got one as kind of a troll, but even as someone who didn't get one, I was like, that's just very, very dishonoring for the grind and everybody put all that time in and then you nerf it. If it would have been sunset, it'd be like, yeah, if you go run King's Fall, it's still perfectly fine. It's a great weapon. It does the job. But it's not going to come into Wrath of the Machine and ruin Wrath of the Machine. Um, Izanagi's and Sleeper and Whisper could have been gods of certain raid encounters and certain bosses, but they would not be able to set foot into the Beyond Light raid. I, I don't know. There's something about that that feels pure and right, and I think people have taken exotics to this 
to this mythological area where don't touch them, don't mess with them, leave them alone, and they should oh, they should be super hard to get, and you just never do anything with them. But then it's like, yeah, but what what are you gonna do about all the exotics that have been nerfed over the years? It, it, it's like they've so many of them have had to be nerfed. So, so there is no pure system. There is no I- ideal situation with exotics. They've been they've been to a certain extent kind of a seesaw of existence like boom here it is it's the best and then bam it gets nerfed and chopped down and I just think there's a better path forward that includes sunsetting exotics and I know people will rip me for it every time but I just I think that I think about it more logically and I, that sounds like I'm being dismissive like people are being irrational emotional but I do think a lot of the arguments about this tend to get more emotional and they tend to get more uh, you know, driven by that as opposed to like what's logically sound and good for the game and good for weapons and balance. Um, and that's not to dismiss those their points because again, like I said, I get emotional and very attached to weapons too and don't like when they get nerfed. So we all do that. We all we all have that sentiment that that, that sentimentality and attachment to weapons. But we can't let that dictate what's done in the game. That ha- there has to be a balance between our emotional attachment and desires as well as like what's logically sound and good for the game long term so yeah and I think what you were talking about with getting uh, emotionally attached to exotics um, it's especially prevalent for weapons and I think that's a credit uh, to Bungie for you know mm-hmm. the, the shooting mechanics feeling so good and the guns feeling just so fun to use and a numerated number of the exotics just being you know just unique and fun Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I really I, hope I, we I get agree. more stuff like that. <laughs> I I agree. I agree. I think if they suddenly made it easier to get like an exotic piece of armor, no one would give a crap. They'd be like, "Who cares about that?" Like Zer sells armor, you know, every weekend. So, I yeah, you are one hundred percent right that the extension of us and the immersion and the fact that it feels like I'm holding that gun, it it it, it drives that you know attachment. Batman Apprentice with a $5 tip says, is the white glow worth trials wins if you're not good at it? I got all the white glow on my warlock, but I can't seem to get those wins for the rest. I mean, the white glow is probably the best in the group currently because they haven't increased the brightness of the color, like the colors, if, you know, the the subclass ones. So it's kind of up to you, though, you know? So do you have anything else for me uh, today? Uh, I just had something, and now I've lost my squirrel and can't remember what it was. But <laughs> so I'll, I'll let you go, but you'll definitely hear my voice again on Monday because I'm moving into my apartment tomorrow finally. So, oh, nice. Yeah. So I'll be around a lot more. So okay. I hope you're ready to argue with me. <laughs> G- great. Great. I enjoyed talking to you today. Thanks for calling in. Yeah, man. Sure thing. All right. Uh, can I go next instead of last? You know what? I'll do that, Techno. You always have to go last because of your name. So. What do you what do you what do you want to what do you want to talk about here, you grump? Uh, well, I'm listening to uh, a bit of support, or Mr. Han Brolo, not a bit of support, over in chat about uh, the exotics going into the vault and looking at it the way how Warframe did it with their raid stuff, where they just they when they retired the source activity for it they put it in an equally difficult activity to go forward instead of just putting it in a tower kiosk and making it a bounty to go get some kills. I think they need to like stay aspirational in their pursuit. 
Because if the Anarchy quest is just a souped-up Windigo quest, where it's go get a, a thousand grenade launcher kills and strikes and run 20 strikes, then I think that's disrespectful to the raid exotic itself. And putting top-tier loot that easily accessible goes against, or what I personally feel goes against loot hierarchy. Yeah, and I think uh, we we talked about this during the during the uh, the Q and A, and even in between. I think this blog has within it enough to give you at least like a stay of execution. Just wait, don't start swinging the axe yet. You know, like you 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 can get angry when we get to the kiosk in Beyond Light if they're making it real easy to get Anarchy and Acrius, but. Let's just hold off and wait, because even the whisper and the outbreak—they're not even. No one's going to be able to get those. They're not going to be in the kiosk until they can be reintroduced in an appropriate way. I think that kind of gives us a glimpse into. I personally think that that's okay and kind of a good thing. Like, there's—I'm not like I don't have absolutely everything in the game. I'm missing a ton of faction rep weapons, a ton of trials of the nine weapons and stuff like that. I'm missing the really good shaders from New Monarchy. And I wasn't there to get that, and I'm fine with that, because that's how I feel a single evolving world works. If you're not there, you miss out on stuff. Yes, yes. The point I was making is I think that's a window into how Bungie's not just going to slap endgame exotics into the kiosk and say, yeah, go get a thousand kills. I think we can see a little bit of a window into their philosophy about it by being like, Outbreak and Whisper aren't going to be in there, because they're not just like the Acrius and the Anarchy where one is a really low drop rate and the other was a quest where you had to like run the raid like I think twice after it was all said and done maybe Um, Acrius you could just farm one encounter in Leviathan in the Castellum and you didn't have to do any of the real raid so I'm I'm fine with Acrius being in there but like Anarchy not really as much because Anarchy wasn't a real quest it was more of an RNG drop in the raid but it was still very aspirational we all have that one friend or person that we ran it with that gets it first time and then we hate him for it. And I then just... there's people that are on like run 15 or 20 that are going for it now because now there's drop protection. Yeah, and I just wonder if that doesn't show that the the anarchy hasn't really been the best example of how to do a raid exotic given that it was hotly complained about and now they've done drop rate protection and they've they've actually you know removed the the weekly caps so you can run it as many times as you want personally i feel divinity was probably one of the best ways to acquire a raid exotic where there's some stuff you do outside of the raid but ultimately you need to do the raid to get it Yes, and I'm okay with a mixture though. I think sometimes you can have them be a low drop with drop rate protection. I think sometimes you can do it like Divinity or Xenophage as well was similar and that you had to go in and fight the, you know, the the special boss in the dungeon. I I agree. I think those are very good deliveries of exotics. I actually think that's probably better than just a crazy low drop rate, but I also think sometimes having that elusive drop rate at least for a while, I think is good. Um, we don't want it to be super transactional like yeah just run the raid a couple of times and everybody has it I think drop protection is the way to go where you can keep it at the super low drop rate to start so if it's like your first run and then one random and then someone on your fire team just gets super lucky with the drop that's fine but I do think that we need drop protection to scale up every time you complete it because you know some people were going upwards of 80 and 90 runs without getting anarchy before they put in drop protection 
Yes, and that's where I think it just gets absurd. Like, I don't think anybody should have gotten past probably 30. Once you get into the mid-20s on your runs, like, that get that's, that's just kind of stupid. Because you can only run it three times a week anyway. So, that's... It took me 43 glittering keys to get 1k voices. Yeah, and I mean, if you if you look at the, the length of a season, and you can only run it three times, you know, that's... Uh, I'm trying to do the math really quickly. It's 12 times 30, 30, 36 potential runs at the end of a season, I think. I mean, so as soon as you get into the mid 20s, you, you know, the season's, the season's, you know, rounding off and coming to a close. And that's, I think that it gets, it gets absurd and it, it takes too long. So I, I do, th- I think the drop rate protection um, is the way to go. And I think that at this point in time, they have made it clear they will need to be earned. And I don't think the the bad juju is going to be on the same level as the Acarius and the Anarchy. I think Bungie knows better than to do that. Now I say that, but who knows? Like I said to, uh, like I said to, based on impulse, they could just not care and be like, "We got bigger fish to fry, man." Like it'll be a grindy quest. It'll take a while, but we're. I mean, you know, and it'll maybe require like one raid completion or something. Like again, I think they got biggest, bigger fish to fry. Biggest thing for me is people just don't really seem to be okay with the fact that there's just some things they're not going to be able to get and i think that's something you're going to have to be okay with with destinations and activities rotating in and out of the game like this and at this point you've had almost two and a half full years to get whisper and if you're a new player just jumping in you still have like another two months to get it well, and I think as long as they're giving us heads up like this, I mean, you have in this case we have eighty days or whatever. Now I know, I know that's it, it, we have more days because of the delay. Like if this blog would have dropped and we were still looking at a September I feel, release, I think people would have been I, ticked. I think Bungie was cognizant of the delay, which is why we got a bunch of twabs with nothing in it because they were going to release this earlier before right. the delay. So then they just padded out with a bunch of twabs that didn't really say much and now that we're getting close they're ready to start dropping the bombshells for beyond light i think i could agree with that i think you could you could see a uh a world where they they knew they needed to drop this info but they held on to it because because of the delay this is now further this is now further out than it originally than it originally would have been most things or most systems and everything I think they've already finalized and I think it's mostly like polishing and bug bug fixing at this point because if they're still doing major development at this point then there's probably some pretty big problems in the expansion. So I think they're sitting on a bunch of information and just thinking when's the best point to release this. Yeah, well, and we don't know. I mean, the, the, the delay could have also had something to do with, you know, optimization for the new consoles. I mean, that really could have slowed things down. Um, if, cause that's, that's a whole, that's a whole nother, that's a whole nother aspect that we're, we're not even, we're not even really privy to there. Cause I, I think, I think there is a, there is a, a, a new version essentially being built for these consoles. And I think that's also has played a part in the delay. I just think that if they're this far into development of Beyond Light, they're probably not doing any major developments on it, so most of the systems we're going to get in Beyond Light have already been built for at least the past couple of months. 
maybe maybe i i like we'll just have to wait and see but i mean at this point if they're doing this every year and giving us ample warning and saying hey you got you got two months you you got 60 days to get all this stuff if you don't have it yet this stuff's you know getting booted because i do think every 12 months every year before the expansion there will be a a shuffling of things out i think next year we're gonna lose nessus because it's the only year one thing staying around and beyond light besides the edz or or i think i said this in q a i could see us resolving the dreaming city and tangled shore stuff in the summer of next year and have a similar director like right now the director there's four planets marked with pyramid ships tangled shore and and, and dreaming city could be sort of marked all summer and then they leave and that catapults us into witch queen and chasing sabathun to some new location I- they would have to mark Dreaming City a lot longer because there's a lore book in there that you can only get one entry for every three weeks, and there's 12 entries in it. So that's like over half a year to get that lore book. They could change that, though, I would think maybe. I don't know. Um, yeah. So. Well, all right. Do you have anything but, else? Well, we got a little off topic, but I just think people... I don't think some of these exotics should be put into the kiosk. I think that once their source leaves that, they should just be unobtainable for new players. I just think that's where some of us are just going to disagree. Like, I think you're, you're, the way you argue for it is fine. I don't think you're being like a I'm destiny. not trying to be like gatekeeper or elitist or anything, but it's like, if you're playing right now in you can get anarchy because you have unlimited looted runs right now and you have that until beyond light launches where they remove the raid but for new players just coming in i don't really think that they should have access to anarchy without having to play scourge of the past the only reason i've i'm never going to be on this team is because when i had the martyrs retribution and someone's like that is so cool where can i get that and i was like oh you can't I, to this day, think that is just never something that we should be saying to a new player. Um, no, you can't get it. It's gone. Yeah, it's poof. And I think Bungie agrees with me on that. They've said, you know, we don't want to do that. We don't have stuff in the game and gone I think uh, the Martyr's Retribution was is only really a problem because it's the only one of its type. It's the only waveframe grenade launcher, and it's a legendary. I feel like exotics have different rules that apply to them in that regard. Yeah, but there's only one anarchy. There's no other gun. There's no other grenade launcher that can do that. You know, there's only one Acrius. There's only one one K voices. You know that. that yeah, that's... but I can run Martyrs Retribution and Anarchy at the same time. I can't run Anarchy and Legend of Acrius at the same time. I hear what you're saying. I'm just applying the same principle and that same sort of olive branch to newer players of saying, when you come, there's dope stuff you can get. Now, obviously, with sunsetting legendaries, they'll be less viable in the endgame if they go and get a Martyr's Retribution in like a year and a half. But still, I'm glad that they are moving away from that because it's like, yes, this weapon's awesome. Go try to get it yourself. And... Yes, the anarchy's great. Yeah, go go get that kiosk quest and do it. It's gonna take you a well, while. It's gonna take a couple raid runs, but you know, it's it's a dope weapon. I also don't really like the idea of the exotic kiosk being in the tower. I would prefer if they just take those exotics that are being vaulted and just put them more of an out in the world type thing. Like we'll probably get a dungeon with Beyond Light. Why not just put like a puzzle in there for some of the exotics since it's a fallen expansion, probably a fallen dungeon. This you is can where throw I'm going to in the dungeon. 
this is where I'm going to invoke the bigger fr- fish to fry argument. Like they have bigger fish to fry. Yeah, that it's new probably dungeon. not worth the bandwidth. Exactly. That new dungeon is probably going to have its own dope stuff, its own dope thing, dope quest, and then you want to, sh- you know, ham fist, you know, anarchy in there in a puzzle or something. Like I, I would I love that. I wouldn't really say ham fist. It's just like a random drop from the final boss that could tire every time you do it. Instead of just go to the tower kiosk and pick up a quest, that's probably going to have have you get a thousand kills with a grenade launcher. Yeah, I'm. I hear both sides because Greg's saying if they never get rid of exotics or or vault exotics that were in raids or secret missions, then they're just not special. And I don't agree with that. I don't view them that way. An exotic is not special because it's rare and only gotten in one place for me i use an exotic because it's strong dope or a really good tool for a really good you know job like the whisper or you know when i loved using the sleeper for certain things uh i i see them as excellent tools for jobs not like oh this is so excellent and awesome and special as a trophy i think they're more of a trophy like a raid exotic to me is a trophy from the raid so I think that's what we do is we come from different starting positions and we come from different like categorizations of them and that's why we come to different conclusions. Like I don't see them that way. So I'm never going to try to protect that status. If Anarchy wasn't a raid exotic, yeah, sure, throw it in the kiosk, throw it in a random world drop for all I care, but because it's the raid exotic, that's where I have the problem. Yeah, and that's and that, again, that's where I think we just we have different uh different starting points about it and so I don't think we'll I think we'll both argue for our positions and this sort of, uh, we'll just sort of stay on our side of the fence. And for your sake, I hope that the earning of the Anarchy and the Acrius is actually long and includes raid runs. I think that that's a fair request to make. Yeah. My first knee-jerk reaction when I saw that was this kind of goes against loot hierarchy when you take one of the best exotics in the game and you throw it in the tower kiosk. But that was just knee-jerk. We don't know enough about it right now. Yeah. Yeah. So. All right. I'm going to move on. Uh, Thanks for calling in, Techno. Yep. All right. I'm bouncing back up to Coldheart. Coldheart got bumped in the line. And uh, (laughs) what do you want to talk about, sir? It's no problem. Um, Man, Techno got uh, my same train of thought. It's pretty funny. I was laughing the whole whole way because uh we were bouncing off the same thoughts but um i, I guess kind of going back to what techno was saying um i, I kind of do disagree in a way I'm, I'm the other side um i'm not a gatekeeper as well and i'm not saying he is but i am a hardcore player so i do think exotics are special and there's uh, a need to have good exotics but um i kind of want to push back to all the people that are complaining about certain exotics going away and i'm not talking about the raid exotics or the quest exotics i'm talking about the exotics such as um stern mida multi-tool um exotics like that rat king the ones that we had since base destiny one it's kind of blows my mind how you've had three years to get some of these exotics and then when bungie has to pretty much move them because their activities are getting replaced people start losing their minds and freaking out which which is funny because yeah they're moving the activities but we, we're still what almost three months away from beyond light so to this day you can still get those exotics and that's not an elitist gatekeeping um train of thought i mean you, you can still get them right now and even i can even throw the raid exotics in anarchy 
uh, Legend of Acrius, you still have a, a, a bunch of weeks ahead to, to get these exotics. But but I want to see, I mean, your train of thought, is it reasonable for people to be, you know, complaining about exotics such as Rat King and Stern when we have ample time to still acquire weapons like that? Well, when you say people are complaining about those weapons, what are they complaining about with like Rat King and Stern? That they're... that the what, what Just like the, they're going away. Like, oh. I can't get them from the or the Rat King quest how we had. I mean, the planet's getting, I mean, vaulted. So Bungie has to make changes in that sense. But it's not like a whisper or an anarchy where it's an impactful, overpowered weapon that you are you're looking for in the end game. It's a nice exotic to have. Yeah, I think people we 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 kind of ran this into the Discord a little bit. Like it's just kind of the psychology of human beings. Like what we do is is we become unintentionally territorial about the things that we love and get attached to, you know, whether it's a Discord or community or a chat or a Twitch or a video game or our weapons in the game and and we develop almost like a a territorialness about them and when it's going to get changed moved shuffled around we get protective of it and we're like now wait a minute that shouldn't leave or that shouldn't go over there that should be available or you know i bought the game i should be able to have access to all this stuff for forever well that's essentially territorial is you're being territorial about it you're like you're trying to keep it from going away you're trying to protect it and i i understand the passion and i understand the desire but I think you always have to keep those things in check with reality. You have to live life on life's terms is something that I've had to work through through therapy because you can have like you can have desires and things that you want to do, but if they take you to a place where you're living life not on life's terms, it can be really destructive. This happens with people with compulsive behavior or addictive behavior. Their their desires are too strong and inordinate, and they're not in line with how life is. And I think that's true in video games. Like we have this desire to keep everything as it is for forever, and everything should be exactly how and never change and always available. Or or raid weapons should just go away if the raids are going away it's like we're not really allowing destiny to exist on destiny's terms because these are things that have to happen and we have to be accepting of it like i'm not saying you have to like it you have to kind of just like learn to live with it i'm not saying nope you gotta you should like it you should feel differently about this you should be happy they're removing a bunch of the stuff in the game or or things like that i'm not saying that you you should be happy about it it's fine to be frustrated but we kind of have to learn to live with it it's like this is just this is where the game has come and this is how we have to go forward that includes exotics getting shuffled around and moved and thrown into a kiosk you know I think it's a bit reductive. A lot of people think that vaulting is just a bad approach from a design standpoint. There is, for example, nothing saying raids have to go away. Well, but again, I, I'm not, I'm not Bungie. I don't know what their needs are. I don't know what their plans are. You know, if 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 I know that there's a construction crew that's going to come in and they're going to remodel this this gym that I like to go to and I go in and I'm really ticked off because they got rid of my favorite workout machines and they blew out the the sauna room and the pool and I'm like what is this why are you doing this 
I don't know why they do they're doing it unless I'm the foreman or unless I see the blueprints. So for some of this, it's like I don't know why they're having to remove so much and move so much. But all I know is if I really, really like coming to that gym, I'm gonna hope when it's all said and done, things go back to a place where I can come back and enjoy myself. And I know that's like trusting Bungie to make the right decision, but I don't know if I have like another choice. It's like, well, this is the way they say they need to go to expand the game and that means some walls are getting blown out stuff's getting removed places and locations and activities that you may enjoy that also means some of the collateral damages that you know exotics like anarchy and acrius are going to get shoved into a kiosk that feels a little bit like a diminishing value you know effect but i just accept it i'm like that's just what's where we are yeah, that's like the forges. Like that's gonna nobody does that content unless you're a player. But that I mean, that's good. But, but like, it's gonna get taken out and come back later better with more incentive and take it out. Um, yeah, I have another a question too. I same same line of thought. Exotics and this is going to destroy me. In the you're getting chat. you're getting you're getting quiet. Are you moving away from your mic? Uh, no. It, well, it was swinging around. It's a headphone mic. Yeah, try and try and keep it try and keep it close because I'm I've got you boosted about as much as I can. Okay, is it better now? Kind of, yeah. Okay. Um, I'm gonna get flamed in the comments and in the chat, but uh, I gotta say it. Um, I think Lono, you're you're right on the on the money with exotics being sunset eventually. Um, and this is again coming from a hardcore mindset, so I'm not gatekeeping or anything. I'm just coming from this one general direction. I don't see, and we have this problem in Destiny 1 as well, with certain exotics just being so powerful that Bungie's going to have to power creep to top the exotic. Like, we brought out a, I mean, Black black or black or Spindle. If Bungie ever made another enemy with a crit spot, it would just tear that enemy up, and it'd be the best um, weapon for that. And like in Destiny 2 right now, we Whisper the Worm, if they make another boss like Insurrection Prime or like Riven, I mean, Whisper is going to be the best thing for that. Um, Crucible is uh, a console, at least. It's kind of crazy with the Bastions out there. Um, weapons like that. If they ever make weapons like that, it's just going to be sunset proof. So I, I think for the, the sanity of the game, if you're going to do sunset, you have to go all out. You can't just sunset legendaries and leave the exotics because there's so many exotics right now where yeah you took my mountaintop of my recluse but i still got my whisper i still got my anarchy that bungie is going to have a hard time building content for because of weapons like that um yeah i just i hopefully they do it in a way where maybe year one exotics get dropped off first sunset i mean and then year two and not just a swift all exotics like how it is now but I do think eventually it does need to happen because it's... I, I don't see how Bungie can make a boss where I'm not going to bring out my Whisper and take that thing out or my 1K. Yeah, and obviously I agree because you know, I've said these, these things before about exotics. It's, it's, and I think Bungie is going to because they said that they were going to start with they were going to do legendaries first or something, or they said that they, at the moment, at the moment, they weren't going to do exotics. They phrase it in a certain way where it's like, 
yeah, this pretty much means they're probably going to eventually consider doing uh, exotics because, you know, the same principle applies. You're either going to have to do power creep or nerf or nerf anarchy in Xeno to make space for other weapons to have a chance. And I, you know, if look, if they nerf them, they're sunsetting them anyway. I mean, let's just be honest. Like if they, if they nerf anarchy or they nerf Xeno, that is in effect a sunset because it's now no longer an optimum DPS build and you're going to throw it in the bin like you have done with your sleeper and your whisper. Now I know whisper is still pretty good, but it just, it's, it's not getting near the showing that it used to. And essentially when's a whisper coming out? basically an insurrection prime and that's it which sunsetting would respect and honor that as a as a strong presence in that fight but then it wouldn't affect future fights as well so i yeah yeah. i I think people really in this situation they want their cake and to eat it too and you just can't do that with exotics and destiny they're if they're good you're going to have to nerf it to make it undesirable like sleeper i'd be using sleeper to this day if it didn't get nerfed as hard whisper i'd be using that for i mean i i take whisper out every once in a while just to mess around but if they didn't nerf that whisper would be my go-to in yeah so i mean it, it, i think it's inevitable i think people just need to uh kind of understand both sides of why it needs to get sunset but but like you said i'd rather have a sunset um anarchy than to have a nerfed one that i don't even take out of the ball anymore yeah yeah, I agree. All right, do you got anything else for me? Um, one more quick thing. Um, I'm not. I don't know how much work they put in. I mean, I I know they're not on Destiny One right now. Mm-hmm. Um, probably catered by a small live team. But I wanted to ask, when did you think a good time for Destiny One to drop off? Um, I know there's servers and bandwidth. Not much, but I mean, something's keeping that game up. But I, if stuff's going to be coming in and out of the DCP and they're bringing Destiny 1 stuff into Destiny 2, not right now and probably not in Witch Queen, um, but I think there's going to be eventually a time where it's like, oh, why even play Destiny 1 when the stuff's going in and out of Destiny 2 with the Vault of Glass coming, mm-hmm. hopefully King's Fall and Wrath. So when, when would be a reasonable time, if that's even a good idea, to, to kind of drop D1? Yeah, I, it's hard for me to weigh in on this without knowing how much they're actually spending keeping it going. I would think it would be nice to, you know, divert any and all resources to Destiny 2, even if it's a moderate amount of resources and in, 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 in man hours. Um, I, you know, I would say probably next year when Witch Queen comes, they could drop... Uh, Destiny 2 could could no could still be supported on the PS4 and Xbox One, but you couldn't get Witch Queen on them. I think that eventually they're going to have to do that. They're going to have to leave those behind. And I think when they pull that trigger, at the same time they could pull the other trigger and say, yeah, we're also not supporting D1 anymore. Um, that would be, to me, a fair time. 2021, I mean, really, like, what on earth? Like, what size player base is even over there anymore by that time? Uh, I feel like that's that's when they would do it is if and when they decide to no longer expand the game 
on the PlayStation 4 and the Xbox One. Those are going to be old gen, right? So if they're no longer expanding D2 on old gen, that would also be the time to just be like, all right, we got to put D1 out to pasture. It's just been too long. Um, but again, they may look at it and say, it's it's fine. It's not taking up any time or resources that's really pulling away from D2. There's not a real impetus to shut it down. Bungie may look at me and be like, ah, we got we got literally Carl in, 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 on a Thursday has to check on some stuff. I it's probably not that simple, but they may look at it and say, yeah, in the grand scheme of things, we're not gonna net much of a benefit shutting it down. Let's just let it go for now, you know? I I I don't know. Without knowing the internal workings, it's hard to make a call. I gotcha. Well that was all I uh, have for today, but uh thanks for having me on and I'll call in tomorrow. Take care. Alright man. Thank you. Alright I'm moving down here to Gilly Gilly, what do you want to talk about today, sir? Um, this re- reading this week's TWAB has made me slightly more concerned about how Destiny sits right now. Um, a lot of this is being taken away, um, and I don't expect it to be fully replaced. Um, but seeing that we're getting two new strikes, that's it, and one of them is from Destiny One. That like, I feel like it's going to get burned out quick and we're going to be sitting in the same spot of we're just running the same old content because 70, 80 percent of what the strikes we have of the maps we have of Gambit maps are exactly the same. I'm not asking for seven new, but I mean, I think um, if we're expecting rightfully so uh, um, a Forsaken sized expansion, I'm fairly certain Forsaken came with three brand new strikes. Uh, I think there were two on the Tangled Shore and one in Dreaming City. And, I mean, they may, I will say that they may, when they say redacted, they may mean all of them and just lump them all together and there may be three or four and we just don't know. But I'm hoping, I'm hoping that with the delay, what we're seeing now is not another year one D1, not another year, uh, year one D2, where things were just mismanaged things were remade things were broken up and and spliced back together because of poor management and i'm hoping that's not what this is but i'm starting to slightly feel that i think the reason that my alarm bells aren't going off yet is because they've they've never really put a lot of stock in the idea of let's put a bunch of strikes in and that'll really help like they've kind of moved away from that over the years which is why i'm not I'm not super concerned. I said this during, it might have been during Q&A or during the interim where I said, I would rather have them focus on reinvigorating all of the strikes while adding a couple instead of just adding a bunch and not really doing anything to the strike playlist. Like, I don't think we net anything as a player base if they throw in four or five strikes on Europa or they throw in four or five strikes just in general for Beyond Light. But if the playlist, if the strike playlist has not been has not been reinvigorated, then it really doesn't matter because th- then they're just they're just new strikes in a playlist that I don't have any desire to do other than when I'm leveling, and then after that, it's kind of like why why bother? Um, so I want to know before I before I would go down the road of concern with you, I would be like, I really just want to know, what are you guys going to do to reinvigorate strikes? And if it makes strikes more interesting and worth grinding and chasing and putting some loot in there and updating them, then I would be like, okay, that's, you know, that makes sense. 
that you only would have added a couple strikes then. But the, the other thing I want to say is, because there are so many strikes staying, that activity and playlist in and of itself isn't really going to be a main draw of attention, I would think, because they're going to have the new location Europa, a new activity that we're, you know is going to be, I would think, a central grind point for new loot, and then a raid. So to me, if I'm a PvE player hungry for lots to do... I kind of am okay with strikes getting the smaller a, a smaller slice of the new pie, a brand new giant area Europa with new things to go and do and discover, a campaign and then a new seasonal activity, a seasonal loot pool because um, they said there, there's I think they said there's two new activities coming in beyond light and then a raid. I don't know. I think I'm okay with that. I think the concern would be if they just throw a bunch of strikes in the strike playlists, and then give me maybe a decent reason to run strikes. I don't feel like that's really the central focus of 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 the content injection anymore. So I'm not concerned yet. If we get into Beyond Light and the strike playlist is still just like a what's the point activity, then they didn't make good on their promise to reinvigorate core activities. If the new seasonal activity on Europa or the new raid isn't good and isn't a good grind, it doesn't have good loot, well then, yeah, that's when the alarm bells start going off. Right now, I don't think a, a, a meager amount of strikes is setting off any alarm bells for me because it's kind of been that way for a while with them. They haven't done, you know, a massive strike injection. Um, I think you are right. I think Forsaken did do three. I think Shadowkeep was Four, like actually there are three on the Tangled Shore and one on the Dreaming City. Uh-huh. Right. How many did they do in Shadowkeep? It was it was the Crimson two. Keep, two Crimson Keep and then the other one. But wasn't the other one something from PlayStation or was it a brand new? Uh, one? It was the Festering Core on IO, which okay vaguely tied in with Savathun, but didn't revolve around the campaign. Right. Yes. Yeah, uh, so or even on the moon, and they didn't bring any of the strikes from the moon back either. Um, so I think, I, I mean, I'm already expecting them to reinvigorate strikes, but I do see that if they reinvigorate it. And they only bring us one, new, two new strikes. Is is are they going to be able to reinvigorate it to a point where the rest of the strikes are still fun to run? I mean, I know like they are. I feel like they're like the, you know, the, the cruise control on getting stuff done. You need to get kills. You need to do bounties. You need to do this or that. You hop in some strike playlists and have some fun and go at it. And I think there's, they do need to reinvigorate it. But there's only so much you can reinvigorate before giving people new stuff. I mean, new stuff will always make the make the player base feel better. Have more stuff. I mean, that's what we always call for. We need more content. New content will always go over well if the baseline is good. Right. And I think that's why this doesn't worry me because I think the focus is going to be Europa and the new activities and the strike playlist is still so dominated by old content that strikes can't be a central focus anymore. It's like you're always you're always attaching uh, I'm trying to think of a, a visual here. It's like strikes are this big quilt and lots of the pieces of the quilt are old and faded and do they want to add a bunch of the a bunch of the tapestry and a bunch of the a bunch of the effort and artistry to a quilt that is super super most of it's faded and old. Or would they rather the focus be on this brand new location, Europa, and these brand new activities? I think that's probably why they're splicing it more and more away from this big strike focus, because 
that was always the animal you were wrestling with, wrestling with in D1 is they would add really great strikes but then they're in there with everything else so you're running Volus to Ark but you're hoping you get you know a la cool or the shield brothers or the wretched eye or like you're hoping to get one of the new ones and you keep getting ancient ones that you have no interest in and this is why i had the idea of a of a seasonal heroic strike playlist you shrink it down to a couple and most of them are the new or you know a portion of them are the new and they maybe they have a greater preference of showing up and 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 update them change things add modifiers and add a loot reason to grind and then by the end oh, of that, yeah, se- and then by and, and then by the end of that season, you're sick of them, but that's okay because then they would rotate other other strikes into that playlist. So, I think the focus is Europa. I think the focus is the new, 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 and that's probably why they don't want to have a disproportionate of stuff thrown into strikes because you're attaching it to that old faded stuff that's not new anymore. And so it might feel like it's even if they would have thrown four brand new strikes in this playlist nothing from d1 they're still overshadowed by all of the all of the old strikes in in quantity at least mm-hmm. um let's see i'm running over the top now um obviously we've already said that not getting any new gambit maps not getting any crucible maps while t- taking a fair chunk of them away i know some of them i saw somewhere that some of the maps aren't that good like they're old year one maps that weren't designed for 6v6 and uh, special weapons. Um, I don't know. I don't know those maps all that well. I don't. I don't remember most of the maps by name. But I definitely think that that is uh, uh, something they've missed. Um, I think that sometimes, once again, Bungie leaves themselves open to get hit by the easy shots. Uh, well, there's no new maps. Well, you're taking all this stuff away, and you're not like. Sometimes I feel like they really do. Like, man, just even if you don't give us a lot give us at least one or two something to say well we have something um i I also don't understand why they're removing some of the game modes um i don't know if that's just low population Uh, they didn't specifically say why i don't think that's a i don't think there's a reason to remove them they're just game modes that I mean, I can, I can I can say right now that countdown, lockdown, breakthrough, and doubles are not popular modes. So like, I, that, I mean, those I made sense to me. I don't think they were popular ever either. Um, I just if they had just been like, well, nobody plays them, we're shuffling them out. I'd be like, entirely fine. But I, sometimes I do feel like they should give us a reason on why stuff's taking away, other than what'll well, just increase the matchmaking pool when you only have two of them a week, anyways. Right. Um. I do feel it's weird that they're putting asterisks and stuff and saying stuff will be available when it's not. Um, well, they're saying momentum control and scorch will be available during year four. They're just going to rotate out for Beyond Light. I, that, I think that's fine. I mean, I think that it's good that they said that because the, the funny thing is, oh, the, the oh two, I see what you mean. The two, the two in the list with the asterisks, momentum control and scorch, those are ones that are actually liked and enjoyed. The other ones are, I, I know supremacy is probably a split. There's people that like it, and people that don't. But like, I know for a fact, countdown, lockdown, breakthrough, and doubles are just—they're just not preferred modes. They're—they're they're not very popular, and they don't fit Destiny's play style. They don't right. fit the time to kill. They don't fit the mobility. They don't fit the maps. They might be great in something like Call of Duty. They don't fit Destiny. Yeah. Um, uh. If you don't have anything pressing, we're we're close to an hour, and I want to I want to move on to our last caller, Rexus, unless you have something that you really wanted to hammer on, because I feel like we, now we're just reading through the twop. <laughs> oh, I know, I feel bad. Uh, no, I won't argue over exotics and stuff like that. Um, 
I think bringing them back is a good idea as a business. Um, mm-hmm. I think, I think not keeping them uh, business-wise is a very poor way to uh, show that you don't want to keep FOMO. I think it's a poor way to get new players to come in and say, "Hey, one of the very best exotics in the game, you can't have because you didn't play before it was on Game Pass, or you didn't play before the really good expansion." I think this is purely a business decision that, yeah, it might feel bad for some people. Um, that it, some of its specialness may be taken away, um, but Bungie sometimes has to do what's good for the game and, and what makes money, just like the season pass and just like the Eververse. There's some things we don't like about it and there's some things we do, but I think this is nothing but good for new players and people who don't have it and people who just don't raid. Um, yeah. They're old. Anarchy's really the only good one. The other two don't even see any light. I think it's yep. fine. Yep. All right. Thanks for calling in, dude. I appreciate it. It was good talking to you. It was good talking too. All right. I'm coming to you, Rexus. You're last, so don't uh, don't take up a bunch of my time, okay? I'm just kidding. <laughs> All right. I'll make it as short as possible. Uh, so, um, first I want to give some... Um, yeah, some counter-argument or at least some uh, compromise to sunsetting exotics. Okay. There is something that bothers me. Exotic primaries have still not seen a lot of use. They've been going down more and more. We've really, other than Outbreak Perfected when it was somewhat buggy, mm-hmm. we have not seen an exotic primary used in any raid. They were never really meta in any way like that, and they still, I think, before we start sunsetting them, we should give them a time to shine. They need to shine again first, be it with artifact mods or whatever, but they need to shine again before they get sunset. Yeah, I... I... I like I I like my heartstrings get pulled by that because I'm like oh these poor primaries these exotic primaries just are not ever really getting a fair shake you know especially when they added the champion system they sort of doubled down on exotic weapons exotic primaries being hard to justify use and so um I think like I think there's a part of me that's like yes absolutely but then I'm like dude there are so many primaries they would have to do work on I I don't know if they're going to do it there's that part of me that just sort of knows Bungie lets stuff just sit and stagnate they've done this you know they just let things sit and go and go stale and when I'm I'm looking at all these primaries and I think about PVE I just could I don't think I can ever justify their use and they'd have to do so much work to get them working uh, secondaries not so much. I feel like secondaries have gotten a little bit of a better shake. Obviously, when you when you go to secondaries, it's hard because like energy, they're not true secondaries the whole time. You got things like graviton lands in here, but like all of the trace rifles and and uh, Ariana's vow and even Telesto, they they have a place in the game. But even here, I think there's a lot that that, that sort of gets kind of like left left by the wayside and does it's it's hard to justify use. So. I think I agree with the principle of what you're saying that you would really want to see these exotic primaries given some PvE love and prominence before they start getting sunset. But then then there's that side of me that feels 
like if they haven't been getting used and they haven't been used like viably in the end game right now sunsetting would have little to no effect on them in the grand scheme of things sunsetting would primarily hurt dps focused weapons that become central to loadouts for like baking raid bosses nah it's it's more there's this different uh this is a bit of a different angle i'm coming from here currently all the new um new seasonal activities also have a higher light cap you need to meet a higher light requirement so mm. when they get sunset you cannot even use them in that context anymore where they that on a less intense level like the, the uh, seasonal activities usually are a lot less intense than a raid they're not focused on that hard of a uh, proper dps and everything you can kind of do whatever is fun to you and if they get sunset before they get a renaissance they will kind of never get the time to do really anything anymore if they get sunset they also won't be able to be used in seasonal activities only in strikes that's it see this is where Bungie needs to make some clarity because they have said that sunsetting will only affect endgame viability and I don't think seasonal content should be falling into that into that category but you're right the way they handled the tower event and the contact event they they were right they raised in power level which i i have fundamentally disagreed with that since they did it in black armory and then when they did it with the tower event and when they did it with the contact public event i disagree with that they should not be doing that and bungie's gonna have to clarify that in all their in all their talks about sunsetting it was all this is only going to affect end game viability well that really rings hollow if i jump into a brand new season and the seasonal event is is at a higher power level then all of my gear, you're right. Suddenly I'm like, wait a minute, you just sunset all of my gear in a public event? What? Like, they've got to be clear on that. I don't know why they did that with tower event and contact event. That se- It seemed backwards, and it was a major point of criticism, at least from me, about those events. I had a lot of people think that I was overblowing it, but I do think that my criticism of that decision gets a lot more traction when you consider sunsetting could play the part that you just outlined like suddenly i can't even use my exotic primaries in a in a public event seasonal you know seasonal content grind that doesn't that doesn't make any sense yeah that that's exactly what i'm worried about since they currently always did that so that's where i give pushback currently as to to the uh, idea of sunsetting exotics that's yeah, and I and I think that's and I think what you said is is there's a lot of validity to it. Um, I'm always going to sign up on the team and and carry the and carry the campaign signs for like make exotic primaries worth using. I'm always going to get on that team. Um, so I I do I resonate with what you're saying. It's like that that would need to happen, and then they have to figure out what what they're, what they're doing with the seasonal content. It can't it can't have a delta that that effectively sunsets at like you can't have casual carl jumping into the public space and being like wait a minute all of my stuff's been sunset wait what sunsetting is not designed to affect him it's only designed to affect end game aspirational content like raids dungeons and trials yeah definitely and another thing is that i want to jump off to the next uh thing so we i don't take up too much time okay uh <clears throat> Another thing is, well, uh, 
there's something that just only makes me a little sad. It's not bad. Uh, Content Vault is definitely not bad. The planet's going is not bad. It's more... I'm just a little bit sad that um, things like the Rat King quest will be gone because that is some impactful story that happened there. It's kind of a shame that this is going, but I understand it totally. It's kind of bittersweet. I know it has to go for better stuff to come, but... It was good. It's some of those things were like I hope with every um, exotic, with every quest exotic or raid exotic, they will give some proper history to them when you do a quest or get them. That there is so you know. Hey, why do I even have that? Yeah. Yeah. I I agree. I agree. I think this is part of the. I guess it'd be weird to say this way. It's almost like a, a grieving process. It's like, man, that's sad to see good good content or good good stories in areas leave the game. Um, you know, the and to, and to try to honor that as best we can, I think is important. And it's weird to talk about video games in this way, but I, I do. I think it's like, no, it's a part of the world. It's a part of the story. I mean, nobody's going to go through the Red War campaign ever again. And, and the... And the, those story missions and the the exotic quests that take us to different areas and there's really cool dialogue and we learn about different things like that stuff is going away and that's the letting as I said earlier like letting Destiny exist on Destiny's terms you know it's it's part of the collateral damage we we don't have to like it we just have to kind of like learn to live with it like it's okay to be like have a party that's kind of sad it's like oh that's such a good story or such a great location or you know I loved going in the forges or reckoning every once in a while with my buddies and you won't be able to uh you know the hope would be that uh it's like when you move to a new city and you leave behind friends and jobs and connections and things that you loved and enjoyed the hope would be that the new city and the new place has 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 more exciting adventures awaiting you. You know, that's always hard on kids when they have to move. You know, they lose their friends and school and connections. And, and then a couple years go by and they have new friends and they're on a new sports team and they're happy again. You know, it's it's kind of that way in Destiny. Like, we're, we're going into new territory. It's like we're letting go of so much and cutting out half the game and, and hoping that, you know the new destinations and new places are exciting enough to make up for it. Um, you guys should probably check your bright dust totals. I think they did deliver the bright dust. Why I went from about 8,000 to 9,300. So I got about 13 to 1400 bright dust delivered. Um, so it looks like bright dust counts have been, uh, given their, their due. If you have been, I didn't get a lot cause I really wasn't running the, uh, the event bounties that much. So, yeah, me neither. I have not really been doing a lot of the event. I've been more playing Final Fantasy again. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. One more thing regarding that sweet, uh, like bittersweet goodbye is uh, the vendors of all the um, current destinations will be somewhat will be gone at least mm-hmm. as vendors. What I honestly kind of hope because we are like extracting them. We're doing the Exodus program in theory trying to um, get them away from those planets as they are going under. Um, they are very much going goodbye. Uh, that those vendors maybe find a little place, even if they're just uh, an NPC standing there for no real reason. 
but that they get to the tower and they're still there would be really nice it would be some it it wouldn't even, i don't think it would also be it would be too heavy on the engine or anything because we have so many npcs running uh, walking around the tower that don't do anything and that we don't even know their names we could have some that we know their names yes i want my anna bay <laughs> <laughs> well and i was just thinking of like you know sloan has been around since the since the the vanilla story you know and so they could put her in the tower next to Amanda Holiday because I think they were, I think they might be a couple. And then, you know, put put Anna Bray somewhere. I mean, I can't see Anna not re entering the story at some point anyway. I, you know, it, you got, and, and Brother Vance. Like, I don't know. I, you could put Brother Vance next to Saint. Um, or, you know, Brother Vance could just disappear. He could go help Osiris somewhere or something. Um, <laughs> no one likes yeah. brother vance <laughs> yeah but but no i hear what you're saying though like putting putting them in the tower or something just so they're still around you know might be might be sensible because you know we're supposed to be kind of like rescuing them and getting them off their planet so i uh i um i, I tend i can tend to agree with that as well yeah one last thing, uh, I would like to go back to the topic of yesterday. I couldn't call in yesterday because uh, when the call-in finally started, I was already in the middle of playing D&D. So I couldn't really get out there. Um, regarding... Oh gosh, the, ch- the chat was going will go ham again. Uh, probably, even just because I talk about the topic. Um, Destiny regarding being an MMO. <laughs> No, you don't have to mute me. <laughs> uh, no, no, no. Uh, I see. I see it similar to you. Destiny has parts of an MMO. What I'm more, what I'm, what more always jumped my mind is um, for an MMO, Destiny needs a better group and friend list and clan system. It's very janky. It's that that needs a bit of an upgrade for. Like if you want to comp, like you're you're comparing to MMOs, and if you want to be a little higher on that list, little closer to an MMO, like you are somewhat an MMO, but if you want to be closer to um, be called a proper MMO, you need to look over that again. It's the current group system. The roster is still an absolute mess. It's not well integrated with Steam on PC. It's doing sometimes its own thing. Uh, When Steam disconnects, you're just, oh, why is my friend list empty? Oh. And if you're in a clan, you can... Okay, they finally let you put your clan friends via in-game, add them to your Steam friends. But I still think that is only somewhat of a compromise. I think you really need to be able to properly invite people in your clan into your fire team that's just a given that needs to be doable that's that's a ba- that's the basic idea of the system yeah i i when this comes up i mean i had people leave comments on those on those videos and said that you know the massive multiplayer you know there's not a massive amount of people that i can interact with or see or get involved with and and everybody, everybody attacks this from their 
their bias, their angle. So some people are like, it's not grindy enough, or the areas aren't big enough, there's no dedicated servers. And in, and in your situation, you're saying, you know, the social aspects, the social integration, the ability for me to do group finder, clan finder, any of that, like, that's the angle you're coming from. And so I think what I keep coming back to is... They call it, and even called it in this most recent TWAB, an action MMO because they're, it's almost like their version of saying it's, you know, it's an MMO light. It's, it's got, it's got inspiration from, and it pulls from the grandfathers of MMOs, but it's not a traditional or true, or I guess we would say true or purebred MMO. It's, it's like when you see a high, like a mixed breed of a dog and you can kind of sense that there's some Labrador there, or you can kind of sense that there's some Dachshund, but it's not a pure Dachshund. It's not a pure, you know, Labrador. And so I think it's like that you can kind of sense the elements of MMO here, but it's not pure. It's not sharply defined. And who knows, you know, in the coming year, they may start trying to add some of these features to increase and, and, and firmly land the plane to be like, we are... Uh, you know, an action MMO RPG first-person shooter. You know. Uh, yeah, I'm not asking for um, great. Like, uh, it would be nice to have those great um, changes, but I'm not asking for those changes right away. I'm more asking for just fix it, fix the clan roster. I want to. If my clan is running a raid. Or and if we sometimes switch up, if if you're a large clan, and you often switch up your members, which with which you raid, it's kind, it's it shouldn't be supposed, it shouldn't be that they all need to be in your friend list so you can invite them. You're in a clan for that. That is the reason of being in a clan, right. so you can actively play with them and invite them. And like, why do I have to? put them on my friend list and increase that size even more so you're saying you constantly. can't in, you can't invite clan mates to your fire team i don't think that is possible still only if they're in your friend list okay i mean i so the problem is is yeah they're all you ca- you can't even see them online if proper or properly online if they're not in your friend list yeah i think you might That's be right what i mean Hope, needs yeah, to Hope, Snags, and Brolo are all also on my friends list, but when I go down here to Avenger and Soul and We the People, it just shows them as online. Like, I don't know what that means. They're, like, I can't see them. It's like they're there, but they're not there. Exactly. That's what I'm asking for. Fix that. Like, I, I get behind that you call yourself an action MMO, and uh, I'm very much behind you calling yourself that just if you call yourself that fix those core issues that uh, that is that is not a core thing of like purebred mmos that is a core thing of general anyway mmo you need to somewhat be able to at least somewhat interact with the people and if not if if you can't properly interact with your clan then something went wrong are any of these people on right now? Akuta Papa, Avenger Soul, or We the People? Are you guys on? Because it, it's letting me click invite. I just don't know if it's going to work. Um, oh no, Akuta Papa says send friend request. But then Avenger, it says invite to fire team. Um, so I, you may be you may be just clicking on people that aren't online because it's letting me send invites to f- 
three people right now that are not on my friends list. At least I don't think they're on my friends list. Um, oh no, Avenger is on my friends list. And so is Soul. And so is We the People. Is it a coup de papa that's not on my friends list? No, he's right, guys. A coup de papa is not on my friend request, friends list, and I cannot send a coup an invite. I can send invites to everybody else because they're on my friends list. He's correct. Exactly. I, I went over this a lot, a, a lot of times. We've raided a bunch of times. I always like, oh, do I have you on my friend list when a new one comes? Oh, we need to add you again. Which one are you? Ah, there we go. Yeah. Then add, and then he needs to go and accept, and then you can go. Yeah, that's just a quality of that's, life refinement that yeah, needs to happen. That seems kind of stupid. It defeats the yeah, whole purpose. It's just janky, and it needs to... The, some of the jank just needs to go. Otherwise, you're just, like, you're calling yourself an MMO, and you are an MMO, but the things about an MMO that like the things that an MMO is supposed to do you're doing pretty badly and that's not really what you want if you call yourself something if I call if, if Destiny calls itself uh, uh, rather does, uh, doesn't call it like Destiny doesn't call itself uh, a dungeon crawler so anything that a dungeon crawler needs if you don't find it in Destiny yeah, you don't call. We don't call ourselves a dungeon crawler. Of course, we don't have that. But if you call yourself an MMO and that is not working, yeah, it's kind of needs to be refined. Yeah, I I, I oh. agree with that. I have one I more thing. If you've got the time, uh, we're 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 at one hour and fifteen. So let's chop it there because I think you said you had one more thing three times in a row. <laughs> oh. I'm sorry. Yeah. I think I said another thing, not one more thing. The one more thing was last time. I just remembered something from last time that, oh yeah, that was also... What is it? What is it? Go we, ahead. Uh, we were with uh, umbrals, like stuff needs to be dropping out in the world, and mm-hmm. umbrals are a good step toward intentionality, but it's a step backwards regarding dropping stuff in the world. And... I realized we basically have a system for that, that we just need to somewhat adapt, or rather, fuse Umbral with that system. The chalice. Mm. The chalice of opulence. You put in what you want, you can specify, and the further you get with unlocking it, the more you can specify what you drop, and it still drops out in the world at the end in the loot chest. I still don't you think though seeing a a, a a bright you know sparkly ingram popping out of a boss don't you also think that needs to be a part like the visual and the auditory aspect yeah of well, course and that's what I, that's what I'm coming at I mean make a chalice not for just one activity make the chalice like if if you can drop the umbrals everywhere make a chalice that works everywhere you always have different drop rates depending on how difficult the stuff is but you have a chalice where you make your intentionality choices and the stuff still pops out bright in the open world when you kill the boss yeah this is why i I said that's what i mean no yeah and i agree with you this is why i said my umbral ingram review video i said just reverse this just reverse the process like we see the umbrals drop out in the world and they look dope but they mean nothing you just you pick it up and take it to the tower so i agree with you if the umbral 
recaster was like a chalice that I configured and I know for like okay I spent X amount of currency for the next two hours when an umbral drops it's either a grenade launcher or a sniper rifle yes it's way more exciting to see that sparkly smoky ingram on the ground I'm going to run over pick it up and check the roll I 100% agree with reversing that process definitely and we have that reverse process basically we've had yes. that I, th- I think during the uh, discussion no, no one mentioned the chalice right or did I I, I wasn't f- there the whole time but I th- I'm not sure if anyone mentioned it but we have that system basically well there's the chalice but then and then there was the end of sundial and then there's the umbral they're all a horse of a different color the idea is you're picking what you want and then the roll is random so yes I agree they've been they've been close to the mark every time here with this I think the spirit of the chalice and the sundial and the umbral recaster I think all of that is so close to being a bullseye it just it needs to be a drop either from a boss or the world or something so when I see it the excitement is in line with how pretty it looks in the world like right now when an exotic drops it's it's the most exciting drop you can get you hear it it's there's an auditory thing that's visual and then you immediately get to check it do you remember you had to take exotics to Rahul in Destiny 1 you had to take the Ingram to him and decrypt it and like that disrupts it I think they're so close to getting the loot chase being not just very intentional and generous but also experientially exciting I think the excitement is just vacant from the game right now because we do everything in a menu yeah that's that's why I think the the chalice is the closest because it dropped from the chest itself you don't go into a menu you just see the chest open and it spews out yes yeah that's why, that's why, in my opinion, the chalice was the closest, just too far because it's just one thing and the intentionality was a little off still. And we still hadn't Tama 2.0 and so so on and so forth. Yeah, yeah, agreed. Okay, well that was that, that was good, that was a good one last final thing. <laughs> <laughs> good one last last final 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 thing. <laughs> that's right. All right, thanks for calling in, dude. I appreciate you. Thanks for having me as usual. If you guys have enjoyed this VIP call-in session, you can do the same thing, but you got to be a VIP member. You can do it through Patreon or through YouTube. If you're on YouTube right now, you can click the Join button, and those options are there. Or you can go to sntrpresents.com and pick from the different tiers on the Patreon. As always, if you're listening to these shows or episodes in other locations, you can always watch me live at saynotorage.com. And as always, when you're on YouTube, hitting subscribe and the bell button is free. And when you're listening in the other avenues, you can please like like, share, and subscribe.